Hi, this is the Primal Cast. Ladies and gentlemen, ladies and gentlemen, podcasting, podcasting from Sydney, Australia. This is the Primodcast. Independent, unfiltered, and uncensored. Beginning in three, two, one. Senator Malcolm Roberts, thank you for joining me. Oh, you're welcome, Chris. It's always a pleasure with you, mate. I love your sincerity. But I appreciate it. What's been happening in Malcolm's world since uh, the last time we spoke back here in August, end of August? Well, it's been pretty much the same as, as you, except I've managed to keep my job, you know, which, <laughs> is, uh, which is not fair to you. But, um, yeah, it's just disgraceful what's going on, Chris. We, we've been out and about listening to people and, and uh, sharing what we know. Um, and people are just starting to push back now that they, they really had a they've had a gutful and they they realize that this the state government is working with the federal government um, to to keep people under control you know what's happened is we've had two years now almost chris of mismanagement of covid complete mismanagement they have ignored the basics and gone for the other because what they're trying to do is to control people not to control the virus that's abundantly clear and so their, their whole message, their whole uh, thrust, their whole intent is wrong. And when you get the intent wrong, the energy comes out wrong. And people pay the price for every government stuff up. And this is a monumental government stuff up and the people are paying for it. Not only in, in taxes, but in loss of job opportunities, in loss of the economic vitality in the country, uh, and just the loss of control, loss of freedom, sorry, the loss, complete loss of freedom. We've had human rights. You know, we, we've had two, 200 years to build up this country, uh, and now it's taken under two years to destroy uh, some of the basic freedoms that were established over more than two, two centuries. That's, that's terrible. Yeah. You know what? If When I look at the situation as a whole, it almost seems like they're intentionally trying to destroy the economy. It looks almost deliberate because you know that there's options available. So one thing that I uh, that that I guess fires me up to a certain extent is that you know when they blame the hospitalizations on the unvaccinated, and I think, well, you know what? What about the fact that you're suppressing proven effective early treatment options? Ivermectin is just one of them. There's many of them. That's you know from the get go, from day one. Um, those medications were suppressed and, and, you know, they don't work, they're not effective. And the studies that show they're extremely effective. So, you know, it doesn't seem fair to blame the hospitalizations and the strain on the hospital system on the unvaccinated when state and federal governments can be doing a lot more to provide. You know what, if someone wants to take a drug like ivermectin, what's the worst that's going to happen? It's been around for so many years, very good safety profile. Um, it, it's like... You'd, you'd give it a shot. Um, there's none of that. There's no will, There's no budging. It's just this is the only way it's got to be done. Um, so I think it's very unfair to blame the the hospitalizations or the excess uh, hospitalization on the unvaccinated. Now, as, as I... It's dishonest. Yeah, it is dishonest. It's unfair and dishonest. Um, because even if it was true, like I can tell you now because I look at the uh, New South Wales COVID intelligence unit or investigation unit, something like that, um, each week. Um, they put out a report, a surveillance report every week. Um, and I read the stats, in, in the, especially in the hospitalisation. So um, the most recent one, which is nearly a week old now, there was, um, I think it was about 70% of patients in hospital in New South Wales are fully vaccinated. 
and 30% or just under 30% um, unvaccinated. So there's 70 to 30 split. Now, the thing is, and I'll make the argument that, well, that just proves. I've seen that doctor, I don't know his name, down in um, Victoria, Dr. Sandro. I think he's mm-hmm. the, the CEO of, of Vic know. Health. Um, but I like, we go back and, on, on Twitter and I, you know, it's, it's fun. But he's, um, he put a thing out yesterday saying that, well, if anything, that proves that the vaccine's effective because there's obviously a very small percentage of people, the population that's unvaccinated, and the fact that they still make up 30% or up to 50, nearly 50% um, ICU rates shows the vaccine is effective. And I said, well, you've changed the definition of effective because to me, there should be, if a vaccine's effective, there should be next to no one hospitalized Mm -hmm. um you know you don't see cases of other you know yellow fever is an example of i know someone personally who i used to work with who had that um, when he went to a certain part of africa um the vaccine is extremely effective to the point where you're not going to catch it if you're vaccinated right so therefore you're not going to find hospitals full of patients that are vaccinated with yellow fever it's not going to happen so they've changed the the meaning of effective so what what i actually googled the proper definition of effective it, it it pretty much says that it's, you know, it's if you, if you create something with the intention of of a that it's successful in achieving that. Now these vaccines were created with the intention of of stopping you from catching the virus, therefore transmitting the virus. So how can you say it's effective? It's not effective with what it was intended for. So it's the messaging. It's the messaging that they claim it's effective because it, it's and look, there's no doubt. There is definitely a level of, of um, effectiveness for it for certain age groups, people with certain comorbidities. But as I said, um, efficacy does not imply necessity. I post, I shared that last week, just that, that, that because it's very important for people to understand that efficacy does not imply necessity. Um, mm-hmm. And that's where I think people are getting confused. That, okay, even if it's effective, you know, it doesn't necessarily mean you need it. I um, mean, you should still ask questions. Yep. You know, there are so many things here, Chris. This whole thing, this whole mismanagement for almost two years now has been based on lies, um, hypocrisies and contradictions. The governments contradict each other. The same government will contradict itself from one day to the next. People don't know what's going on and they have no clue because because the state and federal governments have no clue as to what's going on. The whole thing has been littered with lies. Um, by the way, you asked me a minute ago uh, what's happened in my life. I have had COVID, and uh, I used to get a lot of colds and flu, as, not a lot of flu as, kid, as a kid, but I haven't had that for the last 20 years, which has been pretty good, uh, apart from the odd sniffle. But I, my immune system is much, much better. Um, and, and they destroyed my immune system when they took out my tonsils and adenoids as a 10-year-old. You know, yeah. and, and punctured my sinuses and all that. So that, I mean, now they're starting to realize you don't rip those things out. Yeah. But um, so, so here, here I was with COVID and um, my wife hasn't been injected. My wife, uh, um, it, it, you know, she's had breast cancer and that was six, seven years ago. Um, so she's got a compromised immune system, I suppose. But anyway, the point is that um, if any of my colds in the past had been as soft on me as COVID, I would have been so, so happy. Colds and flu were miserable for me. COVID, and I'm not saying it's not serious. Mm. I'm not saying it's not serious. It can be serious for people. But for me, it was just a lot of lethargy. It was, um, whoa, what's the word? This, not discouragement, dis- um, just negativity, you know. It was just uh, a sense of hopelessness and that kind of thing. 
the physical symptoms were so, so mild. I had a, a piercing uh, pain in my um, sacrum for 24 hours. Uh, then I had a very sore throat when I swallowed, really painful to swallow. That was for 24 hours. Um, but the rest of it was just feeling lethargic and, and disillusioned and, and uh, not really positive. And, uh, and, and then, then it was gone. But my wife didn't catch it. You know, as close yeah. as we, we are, she, did, she didn't catch it. And in, in living in the same house and very close to each other didn't catch it. And, and so she's not injected. But, you know, you look around um, and the lies and, and the things, if you like, I, I developed a list of firsts. That, that have happened for the first time in our country uh, to do with COVID. And uh, I'll go through them if you like. Pull me up whenever you want. Join in whenever you want. Um, the first one I'll steal from, I'll acknowledge from Robert F. Kennedy, who, by the way, has written a fabulous book. And we can talk about that uh, maybe as well later because I've read it. Uh, it is a phenomenal book. Fauci is a genocidal maniac. There's no doubt about that in my mind after reading Kennedy's yeah. book with the facts. But I think I actually, I think said, I actually fir- sorry to stop you there. I think I actually, you shared that on your Instagram a while ago, that, that book. And I think I'll comment on there because I've been trying to get that. Um, Cause I, I'm not one that I can't read eBooks. I like actually having a physical book I can hold and read. Same here. Same so, here. but it was like February or March. So they're in huge, there's a huge demand for that particular book. Um, and apparently um, from what I've read, I've read bits and pieces of it and I've heard from many people that it's absolutely incredible. It is. Um, I ordered the book when I first heard about it in September last year, and they said it would be arriving on 4th of November. It hasn't arrived. I ordered it for my son for his birthday um, because I, I guessed that it would be a very good book, and it already had fabulous reviews. And, and when, when, I couldn't, um, when it didn't arrive, I was talking with Senator Ron Johnson from America, who's, yep. who's really been talking about the, the, the corruption in, in the health system over there and the mismanagement of covid and he said, you can get it electronically. So mm. um, we got it electronically through the office for $2.99, um, and someone in our office worked out how to print the PDF. And so this is a photocopied, not a photocopied version, but um, a, a, PDF, a printout of an electronic, of a PDF. So yeah. that's what it is, because I, I, I don't like reading electronically as well, but it is so solid, it is so, so factual. But Kennedy... Uh, said this, this is the first time that the young have been sacrificed for the elderly. Mm. Normally with animal species, the elderly will sacrifice themselves for their offspring, for the future generation. That's the way civilization has been. That's the core to human civilization. It's the core to animal kingdom. That's the way, otherwise people would, would die out. If, if, we, yeah. if we killed off the young... <laughs> the elderly are going to die and nothing, nothing's procreated. So that's, that's a basic tenet of human existence, of animal existence. And they've turned that on its head. They've yeah. just turned it on its head. But what's more, they've said to the young, we're going to inject you. We're going to sacrifice you for the sake of the elderly. But they've wrecked the elderly. They haven't, they haven't protected the elderly. Taiwan has got uh, a fabulous system for managing, testing, tracing and quarantining. They quarantine the sick and the vulnerable. We lock down everyone. We cause suicides. We cause um, increase in cancers. We cause increase in, in other illnesses by not treating people. We, we do all of this, but we don't protect the elderly. I mean, it just, mm. it's just an absurd lie that's going on. 
and it started by that man Fauci. And and this is this is what what Kennedy documents time after time again. Whether it's the poor AIDS patients who who were were lied to by Fauci, who, who lied to by his department. Whether it's the the AIDS patients who were killed by overdosing on AZT, uh, AZT. Um, whether it's the 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 black African uh, kids, the African American kids, the Hispanic kids, the Indian kids, who were murdered by American experimental technology in in medicine mm. treatments, and and no one says anything, and and mm. and um, Kennedy has had the courage to say it up. So that's the first thing. The second thing, what you were saying a minute ago. Let's build on that. This is the first time in Australia's history that a government has injected something that is untested into healthy people and that is killing people. We know that. But what's more, Chris, the, the federal health minister, Greg Hunt, has himself said, this is a quote, the world is engaged in the largest clinical vaccination trial. Mm. Trial means experimental. And yet they're injecting this into people and forcing people to go without feeding their kids as the alternative. What are people going to do? You're going to stop feeding your kids? No, yeah. you're not. So you're going sure. to go and get injected, you know. But you were lucky. You you had an alternative income, and good, good, good. Uh, all credit to you. But they have put people in an untenable position. That is inhuman. What they've done. So mm. that that's the first. Another first. Another first is exactly what you mentioned. We know that. Um, I don't know if I can mention Iva. The, I won't, yeah, I won't mention it, it in case you're. Okay. The ivermectin uh, medicine, we know that it works. Uh, we know that it's proven with COVID. We know for 40, 60 years, I can't remember which, that it's been dished out in 3.7 billion doses around the world. Hydroxychloroquine similar, but ivermectin is on, is on the list of the 100 most important drugs ever. And mm. the Nobel Prize was, was won for, for its developer, for developing ivermectin. We know that it's safe because it's been given in 3.7 billion doses over many decades. We know that it's, it's um, uh, cheap. We know that it's effective now because it's wherever it's been used properly in the world, it's got rid of COVID, not just reduced the transmission, not just reduced the, 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 uh, the, the severity, got rid of it, stopped it, ended it, full stop. Mm. Something these vaccines are not even capable of, of dreaming about. And what happened? This is the first time when we have a proven, safe, effective, affordable, accessible treatment that's been withheld from sick people. Sick yeah. people are dying because they can't get co because they can't get ivermectin, and and I got a prescription as you know. Um, and when we went to fill it at the chemist shop, we were told it has just been banned. That's the oh, TGA. Wow. It's supposed to be looking after us. So well, what do you mean? You know, what do you mean so, they banned it? Do, do they ban it across the board, or do they only do they limit? Sorry, they banned it for for banned it for COVID. Okay, so the minute the pharmacist found out that you wanted it for COVID, because I know it's a anti um, any parasitic drug, so if you went in there with a Correct. tick or whatever the case may be, no problem. But the minute you say, "Oh, just in case you get COVID," or because I've got COVID, um, yep, no, yep. The, the pharmacist isn't allowed to dispense that, even with a yep. a doctor's prescription. Correct. They 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 just said can't do it. Sorry, um, you know they get they get they get fined heavily if they mm. do it. So uh, not only not only is it a treatment, a cure. A proven cure, but it's a prophylactic. You can take it to minimise the impact on, on you, which is something the, the vaccines don't do. Ivermectin and hydroxychloroquine have got one massive strike against them, and that is that they're effective and they're cheap 
and they're an alternative. And if people had a free choice between the, the ivermectin and the vaccine, I know what they'd be taking. They'd be taking yeah. ivermectin every time. And so that means that there's no possibility of a mandate for a vaccine if, you got, uh, if you've got an alternative there. These, these vaccines, so-called vaccines, they're actually gene therapy. They're experimental gene therapies. They have not been fully tested. They were passed in this country based on a literature review. And Pfizer, as, um, as Kennedy has, has documented, have been lying. The, according to Kennedy, um, the Pfizer people were doing the testing themselves. They ran the testing, their own employees. Uh, and what they did was they, they found that they were killing the people on Pfizer. The placebo group wasn't having any deaths. And so yes. what they did was they wrapped up, the, they wrapped up the, the testing very, very quickly. Immediately they realized that because then they could get rid of the control group, the placebo group. And so then they just, they just authorized its, its use um, on, the, on the public. Um, you know, so it's not been tested, Chris. We know that. We know that it's, it's just been passed. Uh, sorry. It's been provisionally approved. It's not approved. It's been provisionally approved on the basis of a literature review only and Pfizer's own recommendations. The government is saying, live with the virus. And yet what we're seeing is all of the controls still in place. Mm. And the only reason the controls are in place, so they're saying live with the virus, which means there's no emergency declaration valid. And yet they've still got the emergency declarations in place because without those emergency declarations, they can't inject people forcibly. They can't control people. And what that tells you, what I've shown you here so far, it's all about control. It's not about managing the virus. It's not about controlling and managing the virus. It's about controlling people. That's mm. what's going on. Um, we, see, we see the premiers treating, I mean, there's so many items here. We see the premiers treating human rights and freedoms as something that they can withdraw at their will and then sold back to us to be restored. If you do this, Chris, we'll give you back your rights, your, hum your freedoms. Um, the government is bypassing informed consent and replacing it with coercion. And, and you look at the number of nurses. We, we've, uh, I, I did some work with a nurse up here in um, south side of Brisbane, and, and, and she told me that they did a, a survey of nurses, and they found that 40% of the nurses that had been injected did so under coercion. So they had the 20% of nurses who didn't want it. They had the 40% the of nurses who were injected didn't want it, but they still got injected. Now what we've got is we've got nurses themselves being bypassed on informed consent. Yet a nurse, is, nurse every day just about makes sure that people get informed consent for their procedures, for, their, for, their, for the medications they're taking. We've got doctors and nurses for the first time threatened with deregistration for giving patients advice on, on injections and also for reporting deaths and adverse effects. I mean, that's what they're, that's what they're sworn to do. We've got, we've got a government. We've got governments in every state saying, yeah, health system could be faced with crisis here. It's under, going to be under huge pressure because of Omicron and all the rest of it. And what are they doing? They're standing mm. down people. Healthy people who last year were heroes and now can't, can't, be, can't be used. We've, we've got people in, in admin stood down because they won't get injected in, in, in the health system. So even the admin's affected. But we've got health professionals stood down when government says the health care is under threat. We've got bypassing of parental informed consent to inject kids. Never happened before. So as I was saying, Chris, there's t there are 10 things that are highly significant. If one of them happened... 
six months ago, 12 months ago, we would have said, what the hell's going on? But now they're just doing that all. They're injecting when there's no need for, pe- no need for kids to be injected. Kids don't die from the virus because mm. they, they just don't die from the virus unless they've got severe comorbidities, unless they've got cancer or, or something serious like that. They don't die from it. And yet they're now injecting kids and kids are dying from the injection. I've got the actual, I've got so the actual uh, we, number for you here uh, because I was speaking about this the other day uh, with the, the children. So, um, okay, so the age group 0 to 19, uh, at the time, which was about oh, three, four days ago now, there was 311,000 cases across, this is Australia-wide, um, and six deaths, six deaths. Now, off the top of my head, I know two of those, those deaths, um, the children had something completely different. Um, obviously, still mm. tragic and very sad, but, um, you know, putting it into perspective. So that, that would leave it at four. I don't know the others to, to make a comment, but um, so we're talking that, so 311,000 cases, six deaths in total, that gives you a case fatality rate of 0.0019%. Now, and they're on, encouraging. Those six, COVID, those six COVID deaths amongst kids or up to 19, what were their comorbidities? There was... Um, Although quite severe, one child um, had. Oh, I've got to think of it now. I'll get it to you. I don't want to give you the wrong information. Um, I'll send it across to you. But they were quite severe. But but um, the, the point was that they weren't they weren't deaths from COVID. They were deaths from the comorbidities. Is that the possibility? More than likely. Yeah, that's that's what. Yeah. Yeah. And so a lot of yeah. these a lot of these cases, which um, I heard myself from a nurse um, who reached out to me a while ago, is that most of the people are going to hospitals. Do not even know they have COVID when they get there. They go in for a, a broken yeah. leg or, you know, stomach pains or whatever the reason may be. And then they find out when they're there completely unrelated with, with the testing they do there at the hospital that, oh, also you've got COVID. And that's counted as a hospitalization. So if you go in there with a broken leg, right, and I get there and, and I feel completely fine besides a broken leg and they test me and I'm positive for COVID, I'm listed as a COVID hospitalization. Mm-hmm. Well, in Auckland, they, they reported a couple of months ago, someone was shot and yes. killed. And he went to hospital. Sorry, he, he was taken to hospital and they, they tested him and found he had COVID. His death was due to COVID. It was nothing to do with the shooting or the, the murder. <laughs> oh, no. Apparently, no. just the COVID. It's crazy. And the fact that they're doing this. Now, I want to quickly um, speak to you about the issue with children. So I've seen obviously since the, the vaccine rollout started for the 5 to 11-year-olds, I've seen some extremely disturbing um, tweets, comments, videos and things from the government. And it, just Dan Andrews the other day was put a tweet out there saying that, hey, come yeah. down and get vaccinated and uh, we get a free a golden gate time. Like, that's a, wasn't that, that's illegal, isn't it? Like, you can't ask somebody to, to hey, have a vaccine, a medical procedure and you get a golden gate time. That's blackmail, right? Yes, it is. That's illegal. But hang on, hang on, hang on, hang on. They're telling you as an adult, if you want to feed your kids and keep your income, you will get injected. Yes, That's I know. inhuman blackmail. It it's the same thing. But I What's think the it's, difference? It's, a golden gate time is... Well, I'd rather... I lost my job. It'd be nicer to lose it with the golden gate time. But I understand what you're saying. It's, <laughs> a, it's the same thing, but just... But when, I, when you read that... It's blackmail. Because, it's inhuman. But it was very... Dis- they used to sort of do similar messaging, but it was... Now they're just saying it outright. You come and get vaccinated. And if you do, you get a golden gate time. There's another video that's going around that was um, produced by the youth, uh, what is it? Youth Advocacy Council or something like that. 
um, of Victoria. That's a, a, a government funded sort of youth uh, program where they make videos and content and things for kids, right? Or for teenagers and that sort of thing. Now, mm. there's a video on there of these two, I'm not sure if you've seen them, two girls on a train. What do you want to do today? Since lockdown's over, what do you want to do? And at the beginning of it, they put a little subtle mask. She lifts up her girlfriend's mask. Um, they get to the movies and they ask for the vaccine tick. Right? Oh, yeah, sure, you can come in, but can I see your, your vaccine tick? And one of the girls goes, oh, I haven't, my, my parents haven't let me get vaccinated yet. And this, she says, well, you don't need your parents' consent. You're 14, right? Do you want to come with me and get vaccinated? So in essence, they're telling these kids, 14-year-olds, now I don't care whether Jeez. they're kids, they're kids. You can't have sex when you're 14. You can't consent to, to, to any sexual act when you're 14, even with people your own age. So why should they be allowed to consent to a medical procedure without their parents' uh, permission? But not only that, a government-funded group are, are, are making those videos, encouraging children, hey, listen, go behind your parents' back and just do it anyway so you can go to the movies and, and hang out with your friends. That's deeply concerning. It's almost grooming. It very, is grooming. very. It is grooming. There's no doubt about that. that that's grooming. Um, but, you know, in Queensland, the, the government up here, the Labor state government, said to doctors, um, informed consent wasn't allowed below 18, I think, uh, without parental consent, sorry. Yeah. You, you had to have parental consent. Um, and they said, well, for COVID, we'll reduce that to 12 and leave it to the doctor to assess whether that child has sufficient maturity. Oh, so you, so a normal GP. So is the doctor is now standing psych- in. And, psychologist. Yeah. Yeah. And not only that, he's standing in or she's standing in for the parent. Same thing. That is wrong. That is totally wrong. Parent is responsible until the child is 18. As I'm a father. And let me tell you now, if my, that, that is deeply concerning for me as a parent, knowing that, okay, that, that's mm. what we're talking about, the COVID vaccine, but is that all? Like, if they can do that, what's next? What's coming next? Like, well, gonna, I'll, very... keep going, I'll keep going on the list. Right. Um, so, in, in uh, oh, by the way, the, the Kerry Chant, is it? Uh, the Health, health uh, Chief Medical Officer for New South Wales? Doctor, yeah. yeah. She, um, she re- said the other day something about Oh, we've injected uh, our first bunch of children now, and only three have died in so many days. And I'm happy to say only three have died. Yeah, was that you know, real? How, was that real? I seen that's, that. That's what I, I saw the video of her. Oh, so you saw a video of her saying that? Yeah, saying that exactly that. Wow, I, I saw a tweet. You know, not not I saw, exactly I, I, that, I but, saw a tweet. but like that. Someone like screenshotted a, a tweet from yeah. her that said that, and I thought I'm always very skeptical. It was a video. Shit. I saw the video of her. No, I saw wow. the video of her. Yeah, so so she was saying we only three people, only three kids have died, and we're we're happy to say only three kids have died, something like that. You know, that's just. Um, then you see that they're they're violating the doctor-patient relationship because they're telling doctors, and they're saying who can and can't be our doctors. Um, if the doctors agree with the with the chief with the um, with the the government's in uh, experimental uh, injections then the doctor's okay. If not, the doctor gets banned. If the doctor dares to report, or a nurse dares to report the, um, uh, the, the adverse effects, then they can get banned. Um, get this. This is the first time, to my knowledge, Chris, where the failure of a product has been blamed on those who won't take it. Yeah, that's right. 
Exactly right. Yeah, crazy. Um, that we have a claim of a pandemic with no pandemic of death. You have to have an increase in deaths, a significant increase in deaths to have a pandemic. There's been no increase in deaths. And some did, people did might they say, change oh, the that's because of lockdowns. I think, didn't the World I, Health I Organization know. just prior, yes, within a year or two that. leading up, they changed it from amount of deaths due to a virus to a number of cases due to a virus. That's what I've heard. I'll have to look so, at that. That's what I've heard. Yes. So, so the point is that even in Sweden, where there were no lockdowns, there was no pandemic of deaths. There was an increase in deaths, but not the pandemic. And now what we see Sweden is reverting to the mean. The neg- it's a negative rate in Sweden now. Because mm. what's happened is a lot of older people have died. Their deaths have been brought forward, possibly. But even where they haven't got lockdowns, there has been no pandemic of death. So there's no pandemic. Um, we've had these statements. Two weeks to flatten the curve. That became three injections to get your freedoms back. And that became three injections to get your job and feed your kids. People are not awake to this. We see governments blaming COVID for restrictions that government imposed. We see 20,000, now we've heard it's 29,000 teachers of a Queensland's 100,000 registered teachers. 29,000 are not coming back to work this week. They're not. So what? who's causing the crisis in, in head education? It's not That's COVID. That's a third. That's a third it's of the, the, the teachers the, in the entire state. Correct, almost a third. Wow. And then get this. We've got 20, 20% of nurses are getting stood down or s- set aside, not being used. And we've got a crisis facing our health system. Who caused that crisis? Was it COVID? No. We've got a food shortage, supposedly. The shelves are bare in supermarkets. Actually, we've got green everywhere in, in southeast Australia. Where Murray, Basin, Dar- Murray Darling Basin is, is, is awash in food. We've got food everywhere. Well, actually, now that you mention it, it's not a food shortage. It's a supply shortage. Bullshit. It's not a supply shortage. There are plenty of truck drivers available, but they can't be used because they won't get an injection or they're a close contact because who defined the close contact? And who's modifying that now that they're finding that it's ridiculous? And who's forced the, the, the truckies to get injected? And the whole time, the prime minister sits back after enabling these, after driving the states to do it, he says repeatedly in public, there are no vaccine mandates in Australia. Yeah. How do you feel when you hear that? Well, you're being lied to. You're being lied absolutely. Of course you are. That's, that's a very good point. Let me quickly address that um, because it's something I did want to ask you. Um, someone in your position could hopefully answer the question because I can't find a, a logical explanation for it, like a lot of things. So... You've got the Prime Minister, obviously the federal government, right? He's overseeing it and, and making claims like there's no vaccine mandate in Australia and all these other things um, and that people should be telling, you know, lies. telling lies, living with the virus. Now, you've got people like Daniel Andrews. The New South Wales Premier um, is nowhere near as bad as Daniel Andrews and, and Mark McGowan, not even yeah. close, right? Or Palaszczuk. Or Palaszczuk. So, or I think all three are Labor, are the worst, including that Correct. guy up uh, Northern Territory. Um, Correct. So, they're all labour. They're all labour. So what, like, being a prime minister, federal government, they don't necessarily have to go along with him, right? They can, as they are doing, doing their own thing. But wouldn't Scott Morrison get on the phone and make a phone call and say, "Listen, what are you doing? This wasn't what we spoke about. Why are you doing this for? We don't have vaccine. Why is that not happening? Like something's well, not right. It's it's. it's it's important that the, the people understand our, our um, 
our federation of sovereign states is, is our nation, okay? So we're a federation. And each of the states has a responsibility for doing most of the things with regard to looking after people, providing government services. The federal government is basically um, for, uh, foreign affairs, defense, uh, border protection, border security, um, and, and a few other things, communications, and a few other things. The rest of the duties were given to the states to do. And that's good, and that was intentional because it sets up a competition between the states. So if, if one state comes up with a better way of, of taxing, a more effective way of taxing, more efficient way of taxing, then the other states will do that. And we, mm-hmm. we've seen examples of that throughout our, our history. And that's been very, very good because it basically sets up states in competition with each other. If you can come up with a better way of managing your state, then businesses will move there, people will move there, and, and then the other states are forced to keep up. And so that's good. We've got we've yeah. got a marketplace in government governance. Okay, you've got you've got competition. If Victoria stuffs their governance, just like South Australia wrecked their energy sector, people left the state, right? So so you you get competition in governance, which provides accountability. And most of the services are done by the states. Should be done by the states. So that's important to keep that that independence, that sovereignty for each of the states. Very very important. If, and, and that was developed by the Americans with their system of federation. It was copied by our founding fathers. And it was developed by the Americans because they looked at Europe in 1776 and said, we don't want that. Central governments, central privately owned central banks controlling central governments. Um, and, and so they didn't want that. So they set up a federation of independent states with a, a few, uh, few uh, powers reserved for the federal government. You know, as I just said, border protection, uh, foreign affairs, defense. Um, that's really important. But what's happened is the, the Morrison initiated this so-called national cabinet. It's not a national cabinet. That's a complete lie. It's, mm. it's not constitutional what they've done. It doesn't mean you can't do it. But the Constitution, the federal Constitution, I think it's Section 51, Clause 23A, says you cannot conscript medication. You cannot mm. do it. So the federal government can't do this, Chris. So what they've done is they've pushed... Uh, they've pushed the states to doing it for them and they've pushed private companies to do it for them and that's how they've got around it now the treasurer in 2015 when they brought in no no uh, child care no pay no 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 jab no pay for child care yep. was scott morrison he's got form in doing this right well, and yet, he, well, that goes against that. the australian constitution sorry when he was a health minister he did that didn't he was no, I think, no, I think he was uh, treasurer. I think he was treasurer. He treasurer, brought in. Okay. He brought in the policy of no, no jab, no play, no, no pay. So, so what we've got is a deliberate running around the constitution. What I think also happened was that if you look at the way the states have operated and the Commonwealth have operated, it's been a blame game. And what you see is the three worst states for fighting the federal government have been the Labor states. Hmm. People are aware. I hope that there's a federal election coming up and they need to discredit, Labor needs to discredit the federal government. So that's what, what I think is driving it. But what, what Morrison also did, he, he's a very good marketer. He's hopeless mm. on policy, hopeless on managing people, but he's a very good marketer. So I think he created the National Cabinet. I said to Pauline at the time, I bet you Scott Morrison is doing this. This is almost two years ago. So that if it goes well, he will be the hero who's developed the National Cabinet. But if it goes to shit, because they all start fighting and all the rest of it, then he can blame the states. See what I mean? And even if, it, even if it doesn't go, if it doesn't go well, he can still blame the states. So 
what we've got is that kind of situation. What we've got is naked politics being played in this country and people's, people are dying, not from COVID, they're dying from all the suicides and the other restrictions. They're dying from, from businesses collapsing. They're dying from people not being able to feed their kids. That's what's going on in this country. We've got truck supply shortages. No, it's not a truck supply shortage. It's a government mandate. It's a government uh, close contact. We've got teacher shortage. No, we haven't got teacher shortages. We've got shortages due to the, the vi- uh, government mandates on, on injections. We've got nurses. We've got fireys. We've got police being stood down or, or bypassed because of injection policy. The, the COVID virus has done very little to this country. It's the government mismanagement. You know, and the key thing for managing a virus, there are seven different strategies. And I, I, I asked the chief medical officer to confirm this for me in Senate estimates, the, the chief uh, medical officer for the, for the federal government. They confirmed it. I'll see if I can find my, my seven points. Yeah, here, here they are. The first one, Chris, and I said, these, these are strategies that would form part of a, a management tool, management plan for a virus, okay? And I said, just, just comment on each one. So testing, tracing, quarantining, like Taiwan's done phenomenally well. Yes, yes, that's a valid strategy. Why aren't we doing it, Chris? Antivirals. Yes, that's a valid strategy. They said that's a valid strategy. Why aren't we doing it? Why are we banning proven antivirals? Vaccines. Yes, that's a strategy. That's the only one the federal government is doing. Then the other one is, not, the fourth one is restrictions, like masks, social distancing, and that kind of stuff. Yes, yes, that's a valid strategy. Masks don't seem to be working at all, and, and there's no data backing it up. Lockdowns. Yes, that's a valid strategy. But even the World Health Organization, Chris, says lockdowns are to be used only initially to get control of a virus. That means if you're still using it two years later, you have not got control of the virus. That's a mm. complete indictment on government. Okay, the next one, I said, what about health and fitness? Yes, yes, that's a valid strategy. You need to keep people healthy. Locking people up out of the sun for, for weeks, stopping them exercising, stopping them fresh air, that's not valid. But mm. he, yeah, health and fitness, that's a valid. How much has the federal government's done on, fe- on health and fitness? Obesity is a, is a problem with, with, uh, with coronavirus comorbidity. The last one was, uh, is something they brought up, and they said hygiene. Well, I said, what do you mean? Well, washing hands. Okay, okay. I knew that from when I was, uh, had the flu as a, as a child or a cold. Yeah. So look, there are the seven strategies. Testing, tracing, quarantine, not being done. That's the basic. Taiwan has done that really well. Antivirals, not being done. Suppressed. Vaccines, being done. Restrictions, being done. Lockdowns, being done. Health and fitness, not being done. Hygiene not being done. They're picking all the control strategies. That's it. And none of them are effective. Not one of them is effective in managing the virus. The true, true management of the virus comes from testing, tracing, quarantining, and antivirals. And they won't touch them. This is a complete mismanagement. Absolutely. And they're not, um, they're not adapting. So when there's new um, evidence or new studies that come out, and like there was one on um, povidone iodine, which is betadine. Have you heard mm. about that? Yeah, I have. Yeah. So it was um, on, a, on a, the podcast, the second podcast I did with Dr. McCullery. I didn't, I haven't heard about it till he raised it with me. So it's just a, a flush of the, the nose and the, the throat. Mm. Um, and the, the study he sent me after, I asked him for it, was um, I think from Bangladesh, I think. Um, Isn't Dr. he a wonderful man? Oh, incredible. Really incredible. Yeah. Um, he's a bit of a superstar. These days, right? Well, so, you know, deserved some. 
Yeah, someone someone organised uh, a meeting between um, uh, politicians in Canberra and, and the state who were interested in learning about the virus like a few months ago, okay? And Peter McCulloch was on there, uh, Ron uh, Johnson was on there, um, who was the other one? Um, uh, uh, Zelenko was on there, uh, they've had, and, and Malone was on there, and, and, and Peter McCulloch just interrupted and he said, look, I, I've got to go pretty soon, I've got another engagement I must go to, but I just want to mention five points. And he just went bang, 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 bang said it so well, so succinctly. Everyone just went, whoa, the man is just yeah. so talented. He's unbelievable. Let me tell you something. So my mother. Oh, he's my, believable. <laughs> he's, my, my mother um, My mother got COVID uh, a few, well, about a month ago, maybe even six weeks ago now. And um, my mother's sort of, uh, what is she? 60. He's 60 now. So uh, again, that age group, you start getting a little bit concerned. Of course, it's my mother. Um, so I'm, thinking you know what can i do to help her because she would have no idea like she just listens to what she gets fed through the media right so um i remember i texted i forgot about the time difference and i texted dr mccullough i said hey um mum's got covid is her age what do you recommend um he rang me and not only did he ring me he rang me facetimed me from from bed like it was like one or two o'clock in the morning his time in texas he called me up and and gave me a breakdown of what to do, asked her about her weight, how much of this particular thing to take and um, how she should manage it. And he covered everything. And he'd done that at one or two o'clock in the morning. He did not have to call me. He's not getting paid for that. I wouldn't get that service from my own no. doctor. Right? Yeah. Yet he yeah, he, he's a real do doctor it. because he's, he's a real doctor who understands the Hippocratic Oath, understands his duty is to the patient. And he understands his duty is to even some Australian at one o'clock in the morning because you're a human being. That's that's the mark of a real someone who really cares. So and I wanted I, to mention that because it's important because it's a, it's a, a testimony to his character because people you th- people will say things about him and um, I know it's not true you know they say things like misinformation is one of them but now that's slipping away and I say to people I said he's got nothing to gain <laughs> from this he's only losing what's he gaining from this. Like a few cameras in his face, well, and everyone knows his name, but he's not. He's lost his he, his job. He's had the Texas Medical Board come after him. He's not gaining anything. Yep, and and then that that was described in in this book because this tactic of demonising people who disagree with you, people like competent people like McCulloch, and Malone and Zelenko, that practice was established by Anthony Fauci. You discredit, tarnish, and destroy people who happen to disagree with you even when they've got the facts on, the, on their side. He manages by press release and media release, not by facts and data and, and, and body counts. Um, we've also got small businesses now, Chris, being uh, forced into roles, un, unwanted roles, of supervising and enforcing health orders. We've yeah. got small business being forced to take on police enforcement responsibility. We've got small business being gutted. Um, and, and a massive transfer of wealth to billionaires. Google's done, uh, sorry, Amazon's done remarkably well out of this, but mm. small corner sh- stores have, have been shut down. Um, we've got a first time ever, we've got a coordinated global use of globalist slogans and actions. This was all simulated, according to Robert F. Kennedy. He's shown how many times it was simulated, refined each time, so that it could be managed. We've got the Build Back Better slogan. 
We've got the Great Reset slogan. We've got other slogans that they've been used. Trudeau from France used it. Same time as Macron, Trudeau from Canada. Same time as Macron from France. Biden from, from America. Ardern from, from New Zealand. Merkel from Germany. Boris Johnson from, from Great Britain. Morrison from Australia. They were all using these slogans at the same time, all chipped in and coordinated at the same time. Trudeau, Macron, Ardern, Merkel, um, and there was one other one. They're all graduates of the World Economic Forum's schooling indoctrination program for young politicians. These mm. people have been groomed to do this. And, and, and um, you know, all we can see in this is control, control, control. And we've, we've, got, we've got governments forcing people to get an untested trial injection just to feed their kids. We've got the Prime Minister repeatedly lying about no vaccine mandates. We've got media censorship, which Gates has paid for, Bill Gates has paid for. Censorship on social media, censorship on the media, uh, con congratulatory gifts from, of, of cash to, to media that support them. Uh, we've got the, the privately funded. The World Health Organization is privately funded by Gates and others, and they're pushing the globalist agenda. Gates is, is reportedly on a video saying he's made a phenomenal return from his investment in, in vaccines, a huge yeah. return. Um, so it's a great, a, a great business borders. decision. Yeah, we've got borders closed between other states. We've got borders being closed and open, closed and open. We've got police on the borders not, not knowing what they're supposed to be doing and, and, and makes it so uneven for, and unfair for people to coming through. Um, we've got non-injected people can't go to venues. We've got Coles employees, Woolies employees, who, who can't get in the back door to go and do their job, but they can get around after the shift and walk in the front door as customers and be served. Yeah. I mean, that, that's, that's discrimination. You know, the whole thing is, is crap because the government has caused this, not COVID. We've had two years now of mismanagement. As I said, um, I asked for the data. The data, I asked for this back in 23rd of March, 2020. The data was never provided to the people. I asked for a plan. It was never provided to people. I've told you the seven, seven strategies for a proper plan for managing the virus. The chief medical officer agrees with me. Um, and and we, see, we see that uh, the data, when I finally got some through my own questions and Senate estimates, Chris, the severity of COVID is low to moderate. I think we discussed this. Mm. It's low to moderate. It's not severe. That's right. And th there's been no increase in deaths due to the pandemic, except when the vaccine started. Soon after that, we started to see an increase of deaths above the, above the upper range of deaths for that month. You know, so the only thing we've seen in the way of deaths is, is vaccine deaths, adverse effects claimed. Yeah, it's, it, you know what, it's, I said this just the other day um, on a podcast I did. People are disillusioned. So if you speak to it's almost like they, they, they've lost the ability to assess risk. So when you say to people, they go, oh, listen, there's been, you know, two and a half thousand deaths. And then you say to them, yeah, but there's been like well over a million cases, two, two and a half thousand deaths from a million cases. That's a pretty good result. And they say, you all. Are we going to ban cars? Pardon? Are we going to ban cars because we had 3,000 deaths from cars? That's my point. Are we going to ban cars? That's right. And they'll say, yeah, well, you know what? There shouldn't be, no, no, there shouldn't be any deaths, no deaths. And I said, well, it's not like that. A flu kills people. So two and a half thousand deaths from over one million cases shows you 
the severity. If it was even remotely dangerous, you know, you'd be talking over a million cases, you'd be talking 50,000, you know, 20 to 50,000, up maybe 100,000 if it's very bad, um, or deaths. There's, there's two and a half thousand. And what percentage of those people had comorbidities? I've, I've read estimates exactly. about between 80 to 90% of people. And, and, and when I reported my, my uh, COVID infection status, I, I got a positive test. Yeah. When, I, when, I got, when I reported that to state government, you know what they told me to do with this severe, monstrous virus threatening my life? Make sure you take plenty of water. That was it. That was the <laughs> end of their advice. They said, if your symptoms get bad, come and see us. You know, it's complete crap. No. You know, it is killing people, but it's, being, it's killing people because it's not being managed. Yeah. Well, have you seen the McCullough protocol that he's got? No, I'm familiar with the Zelenko protocol. I'll send it to you. Off, I, I off can't this. remember I'll, Peter's. Yeah. I'll send it to you and you can have a look at it. So it's very basic, really. Um, he, he started at sort of the beginning of the pandemic um, where he outlined what needs to be done. Obviously, as the you know, as he learned more, as any good doctor would do, mm -hmm. they, they change it to, you know, with changing times, you change a few things here and there. Um, so very basic. So essentially, the first the first level of treatment for for everyone is vitamin C. Off the top of my head, I think it's three thousand milligrams. Vitamin D, twenty thousand IU. Initially, it was five thousand. He's changed that to twenty thousand IU. Vitamin D, mm -hmm. um, zinc. Is, is it is it quest quercetin or quercetin or something? I'm sure you don't. Uh, no, no, quercetin is a, is a zinc ionophore, just like ivermectin, but much less powerful. Yes, so that quercetin is a natural natural um, compound. So it it's it's a supplement. It's not a not a, a medicine. So it's not, a, not it doesn't have to be approved by the yeah. by the TGA. So it's it's freely available, readily available. Um, uh, yeah, not anymore. Available quercetin, Tr Try try and get it. Try and get it within Australia from a chemist. You're trying to find impossible chemist warehouse doesn't even stock it. I had to order mine in from um, iHerb from the US. But it the the first stage of that. They're just vitamins and supplements. You can get them over the king, get half yeah. of them in Coles, Woolies, Chemist. Yeah. There's no prescription required. And as he said, the major the vast majority of people who do that will come out of it fine. It's only if things get worse, we start looking at ivermectin, hydroxychloroquine, and these other things, budesonide inhalers. But that first step of just having the vitamin D, vitamin C, zinc, you won't get that advice from anybody for, in terms of the government, um, the, the government's um, health advisors, uh, the health department, doctors, none of them. No, there's one number people need to remember. Pfizer will earn, well, that's a dubious word, isn't it? Pfizer will have an income of $43.5 billion this year. The federal government, uh, as of uh, October, had spent $8.3 billion on COVID, and most of that was on injections. This is a massive transfer of wealth from your pocket, my pocket, taxpayers' pockets to international drug companies, big pharma. Mm. You know, and, and when, when, you, when you see what's going on in this book here, 70% of advertising in media in America is from big pharma. 70%. Mm. That's what they and, and then you then their other marketing of giving doctors trips, giving doctors conferences, giving doctors lavish meals, these kinds of things that are going on. This is about a corruptly indoctrinating people with an injection 
that they can make money out of. Pfizer makes money out of treating people for myocarditis. So they yeah. give you the injection, causes cardiomyocarditis, and then they treat you with something else to prevent the cardiomyocarditis. They yeah, do I mean, the same thing with Pfizer's opioids. making money both ways. They do the same thing with yeah, opioids. Exactly. The, the opioid um, epidemics around the world, and even in Australia now, it's slowly creeping in. In the US, it's been terrible for many years. Uh, I think it was oxy, oxycodone, and now it's um, a fentanyl over there. And they also, not only the drug companies, not just Pfizer, but you know, a variety of them, they, 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 they're causing that problem, indirectly causing that problem. And then what's happening? They, they sell the drug that treats opioid overdoses. Or they, they give out to yep. hospitals to give to patients that they come with suspected opioid overdoses and things like um, uh, methadone, which is a, a treatment option for people with opioid addictions. So they're, they're making money in every direction. Like it doesn't, they don't care. People need to understand that. You only need to look in their history. Just look at their history. With the with the fines, bill, well, not million billion dollar fines for for well, yeah, trying I, I to promote this. a drug without the the approval of um, the boards in the US. Like it's there, but yet people just have this blind trust. I, I raised this in, in Senate estimates. Uh, I think it was October. It might have been May, October last year, and I said to the TGA, "Are you aware that Pfizer has been fined?" $2.4 billion. Merck was fine. I can't remember, 700, 800 million, whatever it was. Another, rattle, another company I rattled the name off and another hundreds of millions of dollars fines. Oh, yeah, yeah, but they weren't for their drugs. That was for their marketing. I said, that's the point. It's the, it goes to the integrity of these companies. And they're lying about their products and they're lying about the efficacy of their products. And now we've got them getting 8.8 8.3 billion dollars from the federal government but you know um robert f kennedy makes a fabulous point in this book he says that the united states spends more per capita chris than any other country on health and yet it has amongst the worst health outcomes and he said he, he gives an overview of how in the last 70 or 80 years the the health system has deteriorated so much and relying so much on drugs that are dangerous and damaging, uh, and it's purely a money-making model now. So, mm. you know, you're basically giving an incentive for people to be sick. We've, we've got the TGA refusing to approve medicinal cannabis properly, mm. and yet medicinal cannabis has been proven so effective in so many things in so many ways. Medicinal cannabis was heavily used um, in the 1920s and 30s, I think, in America. It was a number one prescribed uh, medication, I think. You can't overdose. Mm. And it, it, it cures so many diseases. And yet, it's banned. Do, do you ever it's heard now of... now starting with a relentless impact. We're having, some, we're some, having some break in that. But look, look at the cancer treatments that, that it, could be, it could be bypassing. Now you see why medicinal cannabis is not being used. Now you see why ivermectin is not being used. Now you see why hydroxychloroquine is not being used because they're effective, cheap, and affordable and safe. Yeah. Do, have you heard of um, Dr. Cadillaris? He's no. also known as He's also known as Dr. Pot. He's from New South Wales. No. He's... Um, I had him on the podcast. One of my first episodes, I had him on just to have a chat with him. Um, his son actually messaged me and said, oh, listen, my dad wants to have a chat. I said, yeah, no worries. Uh, he was just highlighting the, the issues with, the, with modern medicine 
and the fact that it's it's over, over like it, doctors nowadays are not interested in finding the root cause of your problem. All they're interested in is signing off on that prescription to to treat. Well, no, no, some doctors, some doctors, some doctors are. Sorry, not not all. Some sorry. doctors, nurses, fabulous. Yes, that's right. But I know uh, what you mean. Yeah, and and. And the system, it's the system, Chris, that's done it. It's not, you know, I, th- I think most medical students probably do medicine for the right reasons, but the system forces them into into a way of getting in locked into the drug trade. Yeah. It was very interesting. So when I was talking to the doctor at Catalaris, he was saying that, so he actually went to jail for that in the 90s. He went to jail for uh, treating children. Uh, and I think there was also um, a few women with breast cancer that he treated with medicinal cannabis. Um, mm-hmm. obviously consent was there. He didn't drug kids. It was consent from the parents. And it, actually was, it was super effective is that it worked unbelievable. Um, epilepsy mm-hmm. Re- didn't mm-hmm. cure it, but almost reversed it to the point where you wouldn't even, like it was not just, they didn't have fits and seizures and P- stopped, gone. Cancer PTSD. Uh, tumors. That's right. Tumors, he yep. said, in some of the women's breasts were shrinking with medicinal cannabis. And because of that, he went on, I think a current affair, he said, or today, tonight, and was speaking about it openly the next day or very shortly after that, he had the federal police knock at his door um, and he arrested him and he went to jail for a number of months, appending his, his court case and sentencing, um, in which case he represented himself on the basis of medical necessity um, and was let off as he should be. He shouldn't be in jail for that. Mm-hmm. Um, but that's where it's at. If, granted, that was you know thirty years ago, but it still shows you that you know we know now that the things that he done back then they do it worldwide. It happens every day. Treating mm-hmm. kids, treating people with cancer patients with medicinal not, cannabis. Um, but not in this country. No, not in this country. And you have to ask why. Like we, in we, America, we've you can got, got a few shops. chunks. Yeah, yeah, we've we've got a few chinks. Um, and cracks opening up now. We've been pushing this l- relentlessly, Pauline. Before I did, before I joined her, but we've been pushing it for so long now, and they're starting to open up bits and pieces. They don't realise that this is a huge potential opportunity. We have got clean, green agriculture in this country. Mm. Asians loving our our products mm. because they see us as untarnished, unpolluted. We can send our prime, pure medicinal cannabis all over Asia, all over the world, and alleviate suffering. Who would hurt from that? Big Pharma. That's it. That's Everyone right. else benefits. Australian economy benefits. Australian farmers benefit. Australian um, citizens benefit from having the availability of it at much cheaper. Uh, Asians would benefit enormously. The whole world would benefit from us doing that. No, what's, your, what's your stand, not just your stand, but I guess One Nation stand on recreational cannabis? What's your stand on that? I'm very interested because when I ask if, if certain people, people are either completely all for it or they're completely against it. We're, we're number one right now. We're saying don't dilute it. Medicinal cannabis, medicinal cannabis, medicinal cannabis. Yeah. Get that through. Don't tarnish it with all the other things that can hang off it. Just focus on medicinal cannabis. Get it through. That's all we're doing at the moment. We're saying shut up about everything else. Just get on with medicinal cannabis. Stop letting people drag all the other furfies and so on into it. Just focus on medicinal cannabis and then later on see what else is necessary. Because it's very hard, I guess, in the sense to, and it's funny that this doesn't get spoken about more, how people, I said, oh, I, don't, I don't smoke cannabis. Um, but how can you ban something like that? And, and, but yet you're able to go in and buy 
five or ten bottles of whiskey in one go and a carton of cigarettes on the way out the door. Like, how do well, you? Well, you know, there is, yeah, there is, there is. Um, it's not a simple argument because uh, saying something should be done because something else is already being done doesn't really is not a debating point mm. i know what you're getting at it it makes sense but it's not a legitimate debating point as such um but on the other hand if you legalize drugs then you would have an openness about it mm. and you would have a recognition that people are doing those kinds of things because their life is lacking something mm. then you'd have more focus on actually saying we don't need this shit we just need to get on with our lives and bring. You know, the real problem, Chris, is not the lack of substances that we can abuse ourselves with. The real problem is the, the dearth of meaningful jobs, the, the taxation rates that are far too high, crippling people, government controls. These are the things that are taking away responsibility from people. These are the things that are taking away people's autonomy. And when people have no control over their lives or so little control over their lives, they feel hopeless and, and, and desperation. They then mm. look for something to soothe them and take them out of that ill, which only makes it worse. So the real problems here are the way our society is being eaten away by the cancer of a poor, poor government at state and federal level in this country. That's the real enemy in this country. COVID's not the enemy. Government restrictions are the enemy. COVID's yeah. not the enemy. Government lies are the enemy, Labor and Liberal. It's, it's just disgraceful. We've got an interesting time, can't we, with the federal election. That's going to be very interesting. Now, from what I can see <laughs> and from what I've heard, I, I, I cannot see in a, how Scott Morrison gets in again. I don't think it's possible. But I've been wrong before, and as is the nature of, of politics. Uh, but in saying that, you don't necessarily want Albanese in there either. Um how do you think it's going to, from what you're seeing, obviously you're on the ground, you speak to people, you see polls and statistics, and what are you seeing in that area? Uh, we're seeing a massive movement away from Labor and Liberal and away from the Nationals and the Greens. The Greens have really been belted because they have come out in very much in favour of enforced, enforcing injections on people. The Greens are control freaks at hand. People yeah. think that they're nice and cuddly and fuzzy. Rubbish. They're, they're the most destructive. This whole thing, the mismanagement of this, has been driven by the World Economic Forum mm. and the United Nations. The World Health Organization is part of the United Nations. So that's where it's been driven. The Greens are the foot soldiers of the World Economic Forum and the United Nations. And both entities are used to try and control governments. That's what's going on. We can talk more about the digital, uh, digital Identity Bill in a minute. But the Digital Identity Bill, if, if you think COVID is bad and, it's, and the restrictions certainly are bad, it's nothing compared to what the Digital Identity Bill is foreshadowing. We can talk more about that later. But that's coming from the World Economic Forum, which is pushed by the Greens. It's coming from the UN, which is pushed by the Greens. The way what we're seeing, Chris, is in the, in the population, people are saying, I've had enough of Labor, I've had enough of Liberal. I've had enough of the Nationals. I've had enough of the Greens. We are going to vote for minor parties. I'm not saying that because we're one of them. I, that's just what we're picking up from so many people. We've got, we've got people at senior levels of the Liberal Party telling me that they've got people resigning from their party. They've got major donors saying, we're never going to give you another cent, ever. We've got similar kinds of things going on with the Labor Party. But the Labor Party's got a lot of cash from the unions, always, the union bosses. Mm. So um, 
the, the difference between Labor and Liberal policies is non-existent. The policies are now the same everywhere. And so the only difference between Labor and Liberal is that you will get, in the, in the Liberal Party, you will get some MPs who will stand up and have a go. Senator Jared Rennick, Senator Alex Antic, they will stand up. Senator Coronie Fierro of Andy Wells, Sam McMahon, um, who was the other one? Yeah, and, and these, these people are standing up. You still get the majority of Liberal Nationals who will do whatever they're told. That's, they're just doing whatever they're told in Parliament. The party bosses say, you want to stand next time? You need to get pre-selection? You'll vote this way. Whereas in the Labor Party, no one will oppose the machine. You won't mm. find a Jared Rennick in the Labor Party. You won't find an Alex Antic in the Labor Party. You won't find a Craig Kelly. You won't find a George Christensen in the Labor Party because none of them will speak up. There are many, many people who, who know that, the, co- that the, the climate lies are lies in the Labor Party. They've told me, they've congratulated me for taking my position so strongly, uh, but they won't speak up. In the Liberal Party, the majority don't believe this crap, but only a few speak up. But at least in the Liberal Party, they speak up. So what we can see is a lot of people saying they're going to vote uh, for one of the minor parties, number one, two, three, four, five, six, give their top yep. six preferences to all of the minor parties, and then they're going to vote Liberal, National, then Labor, Greens last. Yeah, it needs Big to swing on. Put the majors last. It needs to happen uh, because we yep, we can't go on like this. If if one of those the major parties get in again in the next election, we're in a world of trouble. We're in a world oh, of trouble. Yeah. If it doesn't hit the the peak by the time the election comes around, that's something that again we're going to be mindful of because it's still a bit of time to go. And the rate that it's moving at the moment, we seem to be getting deeper in the hole where. It's going to be very hard to get back those things like we're talking QR codes, um, masks, border permits, um, the fact that they can just snap their fingers and go, right, lockdown or whatever the case may be. Um, it's not going to be easy to claw them back. In fact, I'm always confident you would never claw all of them back from the current government. Not going to happen. To hold on to a little bit, which is the way of, of, of governments, right? It's Governments don't willingly give freedom back. Correct. Correct. I, I was talking with a very um, highly respected constitutional expert. He's a lawyer, um, constitutional expert. I won't mention his name now. He's going to be on a show with me pretty soon, but I won't mention his name now because I don't have authorization to, to quote him. It was a private conversation. He is just stunned at the lack of um, ability to defend ourselves using our constitution. And he is very eminent in the Constitution. He is stunned at the way the federal and state governments have worked together, colluded to destroy the people's freedoms. He, 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 just, he just cannot understand it. And, and so, you know, Pauline and I have been pushing and prodding every single thing we can, we can think of. We push and prod and carry on. And, and they've just got to stymie it everywhere. This is eventually going to come undone. Mm. It'll either come undone or go horribly, horribly worse and, and the, the, ultimate, the ultimate determinant of that is going to be the people. If the people put Labor Liberal back, I agree with you. It's, it's over. It's finished. Mm. If they say to hell with Labor and Liberal and put them last, then there'll be a big wake-up call. Because what happens, Chris, is that this is only possible because the voter has let Liberal and Labor just run the show for the last 70-odd years. The United Nations was formed in 1944 
And ever since then, it's been white-anting our federal sovereignty, our national sovereignty. And it's been doing it deliberately. It's been doing it through the Liberal government under John Howard and, and John Anderson stole farmers' property rights. That's a fundamental thing for a free society, property rights, secure property rights. They stole farmers' property rights. Not only that, they did exactly what this government is doing. They went through the states to get it because if they, if they didn't go through the states, they would have had to pay compensation. And it was done for a UN policy. They, mm. they stole farmers' property rights to comply with, comply with the UN's Kyoto Protocol, which is complete bullshit. Mm. So we had the Lima Declaration in 1975 from the UN. We had the Rio Declaration in 1992. We had the Kyoto Protocol in 1996. We had the Paris Agreement in 2015. We've had so many of these bullshit things that have destroyed our country. We've had the Family Law Act that's come in and destroyed families. That came from the UN back in 1975. We've had so many other things, treaties, treaties, protocols, declarations that our federal, liberal and Labor governments have signed. And sometimes the next party ratifies it the following year. So we have been, our sovereignty has been abdicated. What they've done, we, we used to be able to produce just about anything in the world in this country. Now we don't. We've become dependent because the UN said we need to be interdependent. When you're interdependent, it means you're dependent. Yeah. And we've sacrificed our, our manufacturing, we've sacrificed our defence industry, sacrificed our car industry, gone to China. Now we're destroying our electricity sector and making more jobs go to China because the, the number one factor in manufacturing these days is cheap electricity. We're killing our country through stupidity and lies and deceit. And COVID is just yet another example. It's just typical. It's not, it's not, not, it's not uh, unusual. Now, I have to ask the question. I don't know whether you can answer it because it's sort of more of a, you know, you wouldn't know. It's just, I guess, a personal um, opinion. But the people that we're talking about, when we're talking about the prime minister, premiers, and especially when you start talking about the, 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 the health, uh, health officers, doctors they can't be this they can't be as stupid as they seem to be it, it's not possible like they're intelligent people maybe not uh street smart right but definitely book smart they're smart people right how is it that none of them are speaking up and calling this out like how is it possible that every single person involved in that group whether it be if you break it down Across Australia, there'd be hundreds. How is it possible that everyone is remaining silent and is not speaking out and, and saying, listen, something's not right here? There are so many issues that, that, I, that I have focused on where what you're saying is true. It applies time and time again. And after a while, you come to realise, as I have, that apart from a few people who are pulling the strings behind the scenes... The majority of it is not explained by a conspiracy or by collusion. The majority of it is explained by stupidity, ignorance and gutlessness. Many, many years ago, our ancestors, I mean, you're a pretty big bloke, Chris, but you're nothing next to a saber-toothed tiger. You're dead meat in 30 seconds. Mm. You can't compete with a saber-toothed tiger. But given our human brain, even a little guy like me can get together with many other fellas and, and women, and we can work out a way of snaring that saber-toothed tiger and eating it. Mm. But we have to work together. And so humans have developed several things. They've developed very strong, powerful neocortex, unique in, in the animal kingdom. That's what gives us our logical, our reasoning ability. 
The second thing we've done is we've developed the ability to interact socially. Wolves have done it in a really big way. Dolphins do it. Whales do it. But we are the supreme social animals. Mm. And we can coordinate ourselves. We can work together very well. And let's face it, if you, if your ancestors in the past didn't have that socializing gene that, that uh, need to belong, you'd be dead because you wouldn't, you wouldn't value working with others, right? So you'd be dead, saber to tiger to eat you. So the ones that have come through are the ones that have very strong sense of belonging. That also means that in the early civilizations, if you upset your tribe or your family, they saw you as a threat, so they got rid of you. That meant you had to mingle, you had to belong. So the sense to belong is extremely important. So what you'll find amongst bureaucrats, amongst politicians, is a fear of being the odd one out, a fear of saying, I don't agree with you, a fear of saying, sorry, Chris, I made a mistake. Pauline and I, we will admit mistakes. We will admit if we don't know something because we, it's an opportunity to learn. But what you'll find, the, the, the disease in the bureaucracy and in, in the governments and politicians is people afraid to admit errors, afraid to say, I'm oh, sorry, mate, I don't know. Can you please explain? Can you give me a hand with this? They won't do that. And so once you establish a narrative, everyone just falls into line. They might even say, this is bullshit to themselves, but they won't say it in public. And so what you end up happening then is you have a gutless, stupid, dishonest premier like Anastasia Palaszczuk, and she has wrecked this state. But her labor machine went around the last election and said, Anna saved us, Anna saved us, Anna saved us. And people were under such panic that they believed that lie. Now, what Anastasia Palaszczuk did was she appointed Jeanette Young as the health health chief medical officer for, for the state. She then said to Jeanette Young, Give us the health orders. That is complete mismanagement, but it shows how little people understand about our systems of government. Anastasia Palaszczuk, as Premier, is responsible for running the state. Mm. She is responsible for getting health advice from the Chief Medical Officer, economic advice from others, suicide advice from others. She's responsible for taking all of them and then making decisions. And sometimes they might go against the Chief Medical Officer because of other factors. Some of the lockdown Mm. restrictions killed people because of the suicides. She did not manage any of that. She just said, whatever Jeanette Young says, we will do. And Jeanette Young was constrained by only working on the, health, on the health advice. Jeanette Young, to her credit, and I say to her credit, said, I am responsible only for people's physical health. She told the truth. All she can do is give advice on people's physical health. And at the mm. time, that involved lockdowns. Anastasia Palaszczuk was the gutless, dishonest, ignorant person who ran away from and just said, we'll do whatever Jeanette Young did. She abdicated responsibility for this state. All the other premiers have done that, with the, with the exception probably of, of Berejiklian and lately Perrottet. But even Perrottet is now starting to march to the tune of the federal government and the other states. Yeah. So what we're seeing is the third thing that comes up, I've mentioned the fact that we've got a rational brain, we've got a, neo, we've got a neocortex that's very powerful, we've got a sense of belonging, The other thing that comes up is we've still got that fight, flight or or freeze instinct in us. And so when we are afraid, Chris, we're going to fight, flight or freeze. That means we bypass our neocortex. All of their rational, logical thinking disappears. And that's why Kennedy, again, shows how much they orchestrated this by pre-planning it and simulating it 
to the point where they could whip up fear and get control of key people in governments in each of the countries and then let that fear just propagate itself. And so you had Anastasia Palaszczuk whipping up fear. When you have a government um, and it's threatened by an external force or a, a war or a virus or an enemy from outside invading, they very quickly rally around the government. Even if the government is terrible, they rally around the government because that is the threat we have to face. And so they whip up the fear, and that's exactly what Palaszczuk does. It's exactly what, uh, what well, Berejiklian didn't do it to a credit, neither did Perrottet. It's exactly what McGowan's doing. It's exactly what uh, uh, Gunner is doing in, in Northern Territory. It's especially what... what um, uh, Andrews is doing in, in Victoria. They whip up the fear so that people stop thinking. Look at all of the things I've just described. First time these things have happened. They're all illogical. They're dishonest. They're mm. immoral. They're inhuman. Yet we're falling for the bullshit because mm. the fear is bypassing our rational neocortex, our sense of belonging. We don't want to step outside the line. So people like Pauline and me and Jared Rennick are pretty rare because, mm. and George Christensen. We speak up. But that's rare in politics, and so you get everyone just following the herd like sheep. Yeah, then as a result of that, um, you lot get treated like a lot of other people have in the last two years as, as outcasts and um, <laughs> saying the wrong things and not to listen to them. Um, it's a serious problem that we have. And you know what? It, it does it. Yeah. It sort of does it itself. It's like a, a snowball effect as to what happens. So as you said, it starts with those press conferences. I don't know how they keep a straight face. I was listening to one the other day from Mark McGowan and they he's freaking out. They thought they were out. doing the right thing. You they can't thought possibly. they were doing the right thing. How can he believe that? He's freaking out and he was he was saying as if like, you know, I can't even describe it. The, the fear in his face or that he put on. McGowan? Goes, McGowan? McGowan. Yeah. Um, yep. We've had six new cases. I'm thinking, does he, hear, like, does he not hear himself? Like, did I understand that six cases, like, like it, it's, it's so illogical. And the fact that he's able, I, I couldn't keep a straight face. So it's a credit to him because I couldn't, I, even if I, I couldn't do it. It's so irrational to think that they've got mask mandates again. And that was triggered over something like three or, or six cases or something so insignificant. Um, it was actually, no, sorry. It was the cruise ship, other ships that docked were about to dock in Western Australia. Yeah, there yeah. was um 11 11 uh, positive uh, rapid antigen tests. So, and he said that they're okay. They'll be treated on the ship. Well, why, why are you making everyone wear masks then? You've just said those sick people are being treated on the ship. Why should that have anything to do with, with the people? So th well, this it's, is the it's thing. It's very that simple. Up. Yeah. The masks, you know what masks are about, mate. Yeah. They, they don't work. Um, they're a form of conditioning because when you see, me with this on, what does it tell you? It says, be afraid. Yeah. And that's, that's what it's about. It's about forcing people to send a signal to others to terrify other people. We've got people sitting in their car coming to work by themselves with one of these bloody things on. Yeah. I mean, that tells you there's no logic. That it's just insane. So, and then there's no one. I've written to the Premier of Queensland uh, twice now, three times, saying, where's your evidence for masks? She has never provided any. She's replied to a couple of my letters. There is no evidence for this crap. You know, and yeah. then, then you see Mark McGowan. I think there's another reason for Mark McGowan. Um, he won an election in which 
recently, when was that? A couple of years ago. He won the election and he ended up with two Liberal Party members in opposition. Two. Mm. Western Australia is a fairly conservative state. He gutted them because he preyed so heavily on fear of the, of, of the, of the virus. That, and, and also the Liberals had an absolute dope as their opposition leader, a young dope, complete fool. Um, and I think the Nationals have four. But you'll notice that just about every party got wiped out in Western Australia. So McGowan got to be a dictator by whipping up fear. Is he going to let that go? No. no. Even not. if he wanted to, he wouldn't because it's ingrained in him that says, gee, this worked. I've got to maintain the fear to maintain control over these people. They're so now out, he's maintaining out the fear again. to get the third booster. Sorry? That's right. The, the pe- I feel so sorry for them people. There's, I read a letter from a doctor over in Perth. Um, there's a lot of doctors over there who are about to flee Western Australia and go to one of the east. Yeah. They've even spoken to hospitals in Sydney and Melbourne and, and maybe in Brisbane, I'm sure. Um because they can't believe what's happening there. That he's he again extended the, the borders. So, yeah. at this point, like, and he's being criticised openly. There's, there's, there's news outlets are criticising him openly. They're not covering for him in any way, shape, or form. So, at what point, like, can't the prime minister intervene and say, "Listen, mate, you've got six no. cases. Stop." But even, no. even, even, like, uh, even, and- even, a, even a phone call, like, you know, if, if you said something, I could probably call you. Not tell you what to do, but say, Mac, which means you probably shouldn't have said that. Do you, like, does he not do that? Yeah, yeah. No, no, I, I know what you mean. No, I, th- I think that Scott Morrison, there's, there's another layer going on here. You know, we, we talk about the World Economic Forum and the UN with clear proof driving a lot of this stuff. We, we, we see that. We know it. But then you've still got another little subtle game that's going on. So it doesn't really matter whether it's Labor or Liberal. The same UN policies get pushed. But at a personal level... Anthony Albanese wants to be Prime Minister. Scott Morrison doesn't want to lose an election and have the, the indignity of that. Mm. So they're fighting like, like cats and dogs to try, and, to try and retain power to get power. What you've got going on, you mentioned it a little while ago. You've got the three major states in opposition to the federal government, all Labor states. Mm. They're piling the pressure onto Scott Morrison for Anthony Albanese. They don't give a bugger about your job your health, your kids, they want to be Prime Minister. They want to stay as Prime Minister. That's mm. what's the real show here. It's about ego and, and the human condition. That's what drives them. Anybody who uses fear over another human is using an ego trick. Anybody who uses fear over another human is using a control. Control betrays the ego. Control is a, control, is a tool of the ego. These people have got huge egos and very small hearts. And we are the dopes because we keep voting for Labour and Liberal. That's got to stop. This, this, Chris, ultimately is the fault of the Australian voter. We have been so stupid for so long that we vote Liberal and Labour. We don't realise that Labour signed the Lima Declaration following year in 1975. Following year, the Liberal Party ratified it. 1992, Labor Party signed the Rio Declaration undermining our sovereignty. Liberal Party implemented it. 1996, Kyoto Protocol, Liberals complied with it. Labor then signed it. I mean, they're working like this, but we Mm. don't say, we say, oh, let's vote. Who are you going to vote for this time, Liberal or Labor? Well, that's Tweedledum or Tweedledummer. 
That's the question. You've got to start voting for other other parties, and that's the key. Because then, when Liberal and Labor wake up, they, that they're not going to hold power, then they start start working honestly. Because Liberal no longer look after small business, and Labor no longer looks after the workers. That's that's bullshit. Now, we'll discuss the digital ID bill that, that you oh, want yeah. to speak about um, because it's very important. Um, I know a little bit about it enough to be concerned. I've seen like a some promotional trailer or something video the government had made uh speaking about it um it didn't go into a, a great deal of uh detail but it was very um trying to think of the right, communisty like a very communist vibes coming from that that trailer that i watched um so obviously you understand it better than much better than i do so um you obviously got concerns with it oh huge concerns um the way I say it to people, Chris, is that COVID, if you think that's the real problem, it's not. COVID's just the foreplay. The real screwing comes with the digital identity bill. COVID sets up the, the model for how to really control people. The digital identity bill breaks it down to it even more. So I'll just, I'll just read for some, from some notes because I haven't been through the bill myself, but we've got two fabulous staff among, us, among our team who have really got into this. Here's what you need to know from up front. The Morrison-Joyce government is proposing it, but Anthony Albanese's Labor Party supports it. The, the second thing is that our staff identified where the original documents came from. The World Economic Forum has a digital, uh, what is it, digital, oh, I can't remember the, 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 the program it's got, but what, they have, what, what our legislation has done is copied and pasted it from a World Economic Forum document into our proposed legislation. That's where it's mm. come from, the World Economic Forum, copied and pasted. So you think COVID has got some restrictions. This goes way, way further and makes it a permanent, expansive digital identity for all Australians 18 and over. Okay, so what it does, it acts as a master ID I'm not familiar enough with this to just talk off the cuff about it. But digital identity acts as a master ID joining together previously disconnected government and private databases containing your personal information. Whether MyGov app links things like a driver's license, a passport, a Medicare card and vaccination record, the digital identity bill sets out to link all government data related to a person. And where the big difference is, is that at the moment... People can access government data, but they can't access Chris Spicer's details. They mm. can't access Malcolm Roberts's details. Mm. What this does is it not only puts it all together, it enables private companies, foreign corporations to access that data completely, openly, and with complete identity. You will, they will know everything about you. So while the government and private sectors keep a lot of information about us, this data is anonymized. It can't be used to identify you by name. The digital identity bill goes, it does exactly as the name suggests. It creates a data file under your name containing all your medical, all your purchase records, all your pay records, your social security, your travel, social media, web browsing. If you've said something, it's there. And then if you bought something, it's there. Then private sector stakeholders, like foreign corporations will be granted access to this file they'll pay for it and they will also add their own data to create an incredibly detailed record about each australian so will have his own record 
and they will access what you're doing. Imagine your insurance company increasing premiums after reviewing your alcohol purchases. So he drinks a couple of stubbies a day. Okay, bump up his premium. Or your medical fund increasing premiums after you purchase driving lessons because you're more risky of an accident, accident and needing hospitalization if you drive a car. Imagine your employer reprimanding you for buying a coffee at 11 in the morning when you were supposed to be at work or on a sick day. Banks and insurance companies, Chris, deal with risk. They mm. assess your risk profile and then they charge you a premium based on that. If they can eliminate risk, they can keep the premiums high and make a killing. And mm. that's exactly what's going on. The digital identity, though, then goes further because they establish a social credit system. They establish you get so many brownie points if you do things that the state wants you to do. You get so many brownie points taken off you if you don't do what the state wants you to do. So it becomes a license to live. And what they also want to do is to get rid of cash. They've tried it. One nation, it was my office in particular, but one nation stood up, rallied the, the crossbenchers and defeated the cash ban bill. So that's what we have to do here. But in the absence of cash, what they'll do is that they will assume cash has been, that they are assuming this bill assumes cash has been banned, making a simple purchase like a cup of coffee or beeping on at the train station will require validation from your digital identity. Right now, people don't know this, but right now the Reserve Bank of Australia has a new payments platform. Every single transaction, electronic transaction, goes through that new payments platform. What they'll do with this is they will remove cash, everything, not only your transactions, but all your other exchanges, your information will go through the central data hub. And so what we can see then is they'll say things like, well, Chris, if you want to take part in society in doing this, you will do this. And so what we'll see is this is taking your medical records, for example, selling them to a foreign corporation where they keep them overseas, out of our jurisdiction. They don't mm. have to comply with our laws. And then if you want to access your health records, you will pay to access your health records. Then they've got you by the short and curlies. So the scope for abuse is frightening. If governments had power, this power during COVID, imagine the level of control they could have exerted over Australians. Complete oppression. So they will be able to watch and track everything you do. As I said, you think the COVID restrictions are bad, and they are. They're nothing compared to what we see coming with this. The only way to defeat this is to spread the word on it. Yeah, which I'm seeing a lot of people are sharing it and sharing certain petitions and things and regarding it. It's a, it's a step towards a social credit system. Now, people need to understand exactly. that. That that word is is like um, social credit system is like, um, oh, it's one of those misinformation conspiracy theorist terms that people straight away jump on it and say no, nah, that's bullshit. It's a conspiracy. Theory. It's happening. It's happening in China right happening now. In China, I've seen a video where I think it was a part of a documentary, but it was just a snippet of it, of a bloke who who done a few things. So I think he said something about the government uh, that he shouldn't have. Um, well, to their standing anyway. And because of that, he couldn't even get on a train. So his score mm -hmm. dropped. His credit, social credit dropped. He wasn't able to hop on a train. If your, uh, your score is low, you can't send your children to private schools. Uh, mm -hmm. if, you if, you, if your score is good, you get discounts on public transport, um, free library membership, and things like that. So you're incentivized to 
do what the state wants you to do. And you're punished if you go against it. That's exactly what it is. That's the, this that's digital the real ID, issue, the punishment. Is this close? It's not far away from that. Correct. Um, Correct. And, and you know what they've also done? They've managed to make you comfortable enough. Because if I was to ask the average person five years ago, would you happily pull your phone out and show someone your medical history, just someone standing at the front of a store? 99% of people would say no. But yeah, they've, managed, they've managed to get a lot of people complying with that. So that's broken. If, if, if you're willingly showing your medical information to people, then it's not unthinkable that people will be willing to show their bank records or their account balance or their whatever it may be. So, and have it all linked up in, in the one, in this case, digital ID app. Um, yeah, it's a big, and it's a slippery slope. Just like this, the last two years has been a slippery slope. If you don't act yep. early, it doesn't go away. People need to understand that. It doesn't go away. Yep, you're exactly correct. COVID was just the foreplay to getting some of these restrictions in. They brainwashed people. They coerced people. They intimidated people. They drove fear through people. That's what they've done. And it's all, it's all documented in Robert Kennedy's book. This has been simulated many, many times in the last, since 2008, 13 years. Um, but as you said, if nothing is done to stop the bill, the government will sit in the middle of every interaction, not just payment, Chris, every interaction you have. Australians will have, and Australians have with each other and with the world. China does this already, and by creating a digital identity that forms a central part of a person's life, it becomes a license to live. Mm. If you want to, if you want to um, be able to work, you will not have a four-wheel drive, because that puts out too much carbon dioxide. If you want to. Um, eat meat you'll be eating insects because they they're wanting to ban meat they're wanting to yeah. give us a ration of meat i mean they've said this and yeah. and scott morrison and barnaby joyce their government has funded the un's campaign 64 million dollars from your money taxpayers money has gone to pushing this bullshit from the un about eating insects instead of beef so what began with COVID contact tracing, vaccine passports and QR codes, check-ins, will soon be formalised by an inescapable digital identity. It signals the, the end of consumer privacy, the end of citizen anonymity, and the beginning of a Big Brother digital age that treats the people of Australia as products rather than as human beings. Now we're starting to get to the language. If you, you would know what feudalism is. Yep. Remember we were taught at school, feudalism? Yep. Feudalism was basically the lord of the manor, owned all the land, and he said to Chris and to Malcolm, you will have enough land to eke out a living, but the majority of what you produce with your effort will be given to me, the baron. Mm. And that's what happened. And it kept you and me under control because if we stepped out of line, we lost the land. If we stepped out of line, our family went, went starved. If we stepped out of line, we just did not survive. And then a remarkable thing happened. We started getting the scientific method. We started getting the inventions. We started getting uh, the, 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 the first blushes of freedom. And we started getting private enterprise and personal enterprise and people being rewarded for that. And, and what we saw was a remarkable 
improvement in freedom around the world. Slavery was abolished at the same time as capitalism came in because capitalism abhors slavery. Slavery mm. is terrible for capitalists. Ter and, and the best way to look after humans is with capitalism, when it's true. But at the moment, we haven't got capitalism, but that's another story. So what happened was the feudal barons lost their power when the free enterprise system started to take off. Britain then became a remarkable uh, beacon for freedom. We had the Industrial Revolution, which caused uh, increase, dramatic increases in wealth of everyday people. We had the, the development of, of uh, water systems, the hygiene, better hospitals, medical treatment, and all of this raised improved uh, freedom, improved livelihoods. A king or queen 200 years ago, Chris, did not live as well as someone on welfare in Australia today. That's not a criticism of people on welfare. That's just showing how much it, our livelihoods have moved in the last 200 years. We had, we had hundreds of thousands of years scratching in the dirt, defending ourselves from saber-toothed tigers, making sure we didn't die in a famine, which quite often happened, diseases, plagues, etc. And look how far we've come in the last 200 years. We've now got unheralded, we did until about 20 years ago, unheralded longevity, lifespan, um, comfort, ease, security, uh, education, information, and a lot of these things are just anathema to people who want to control because that's all about freedom. So what they want to do is they want to be able to control us again. So the major corporations around the world, the Black Rocks, the Vanguards, the, the major families, the elite families, the, the Rothschilds, the Rockefellers, these people are wanting their control back. And that's what's going on. They formed the United Nations. They formed the World Economic Forum. And they, they put out this stuff that says, Chris, you won't be owning anything in the near future, but you'll be happy. That's yeah. bullshit. Yeah. And, and There's that's videos what they on want. That. They want to fool us into it. There's videos published by the World Economic yeah. Forum that openly says that and says that you get things delivered. That you won't own anything. You'll just rent uh, but don't worry, you'll be happy. It's you know the sustainable. You see that that they they state that openly. Let, let, but again, if you say that, for some reason, people just put this have this defense mechanism where they immediately think that it's a conspiracy, and that's the problem. A lot of people yep. think that way. Yep. Let let me let me play you something. I hope it comes through. It's from uh, the the man speaking with the foreign accent is introducing. Scott Morrison to the World Economic Forum in Davos just a few days ago. Okay? Yep. So you listen to what he says to Morrison, and I'm going to ask you a question at the end of it. You know that the World Economic Forum uh, also has had the privilege of working with uh, your government on a number of cases and is looking forward to continue engaging Australia on relevant multi-stakeholder initiatives on the trade, investments, the digital transformation that I know you are very much focused on, and the fourth industrial revolution. We also look forward to strengthen our collaboration on topics like energy transition, I know it's important for you, climate change action, and also towards enhancing competitiveness, and uh, I think we also have to build stronger uh, resilience towards risks uh, in the years to come. You know that the world economic... Now, my question, Chris, you heard him talk about the various platforms that they want the government to push. Mm. My question to you is, was that introducing Scott Morrison or giving Scott Morrison his marching orders in a very public domain? 
giving him his marching orders. Because <laughs> what, 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 the, what that's doing, it, it's, yeah. And it was very smart how he worded it. He sort of he put it back with the energy as something you're very invested in. Uh, the digital identity, what is the digital transfer? That's concerning. That, yeah, that, digital that transformation. What, what, digital what does transformation. that mean? What does that mean? Is, that, is he talking about just it digital means, IDs? Or is there a variety of things? It means whatever they want it to mean. It means it means that and a lot more. It means it's it's an open check. They've got more coming down the road. They want to ban cash. As I said, they we stopped them banning cash. It was it was my office and with Pauline's help that stopped them banning cash, and then we got it taken off the list of, of bills coming into the Senate. Um, but they want to come back. And you notice during COVID, some some people are saying, "Oh no, we won't handle cash because it transfers a virus." Well, my plastic card handed to you hands a virus too. That's right. You know, so, right. so I mean, they're, they're trying to, they're trying every trick because the moment you get rid of cash, there's no alternative. You're into that social credit system and then they control what you do. That's what that is. You got the driver's license. A lot of people, myself included, have the driver's license on your phone through the relevant state app here at um, mm-hmm. Service New South Wales. But this has been coming for, if this is in fact the case, right? And this is 100% what they're up to, and this is coming. Then when you look back the past five to 10 years, but especially the last five years, where they have joined services, I don't know what it's like in Queensland or if it's been New South Wales they have. You've got Service New South Wales, which is responsible for child support agency, I think. No, sorry, my, no, not child support. Um, your firearms permit, working with children's check, now you've got the NDIS uh, workers' clearance check, your driver's license, RSA, um, which is uh, responsible service of alcohol. You've got all these, which used to be, obviously, state, state government, but you know if you used to want to go to Medicare, there was a Medicare office. Now it's not. Now it's a, a Centrelink, what do they call it now, Service Services Australia, whatever it's called, office yeah. with Medicare inside of the building. Um, it's been... You know, over the, you, I guess you could look at it like it's 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 cutting expenses, but at the same time, you have to really wonder: is this been, is this something that they've been thinking about for a long time? We just haven't realised it until now. When you look back, you think, "Shit, I, we should have seen this coming five years ago." I don't know. I don't know the answer to that question. Well, look, look at look at this. Um, the government needs to build a complete digital record. These are notes that my staff prepared. The government needs to build a complete digital record of every Australian to be shared and used. So our medical history, we've talked about that. Our shopping preferences, who we associate with. Mm. I appeared on your show. That'll be recorded. That'll be a black mark against you probably. It may be a black mark <laughs> against me. I don't know. <laughs> but that, that'll be a black mark because of the topics we've covered. Mm. It'll be a black mark against both of us. Whether our choices are... What they deem to be green. Mm. And by the way, people can't tell me what clean energy is. People in their federal health department, sorry, federal environment department, energy department, they cannot tell me what clean energy means. Define it for me. What's dirty about carbon dioxide? It's the stuff you're breathing out right now that's essential for all life on this planet. There's nothing dirty about it. But they're saying that if you produce carbon dioxide, you're polluting. Well, that's complete crap. But that's how they've changed the definition, see? So they determine whether it's clean. They determine whether our choices are green. Did you buy a four-wheel drive 
Or did you buy a push bike? Social security records, veteran services, travel records, website viewing, what you watch, your employment status, your social media comments, everything will go on the record and be available to any large corporation that can pay for access. And then we have these people saying, oh, you're just a conspiracy theorist. Conspiracy theorists, that's what you said about COVID restrictions. Conspiracy mm. theorists, this is in the World Economic Forum's own, own material, introducing yeah. Scott Morrison. Yeah, it is. But again, is there something, I don't know whether it's just a, you know, whether they just think, you know what, it's too much for me to deal with. I don't, I don't want to think this is happening. So they just put up the conspiracy, go, no, it's conspiracy uh, because I don't want to accept that it's moving in that direction because I don't think that there's a, there's a person on the planet, let's just stick with Australia, that has a functioning frontal cortex functioning, even semi-functioning, that can look at this situation and say with confidence that it's all about health. I don't think anyone <laughs> can think that. You can't possibly at this point assume that. Now, um, at the beginning, yes, myself included, I, I, I felt that. And I think that was because it was all new to everyone. We didn't know much about it. But as time's gone on, data's come out. We've seen that the response clearly hasn't worked clearly hasn't worked, but yet they're still pushing the same things. Ma indoor masks, booster shots. We know that these, these booster shots, the, the efficacy drops dramatically within, after two weeks, I think it's down to about 70%. No, you still have to look again, but it's very low. Not low, but lower yeah. than what it starts off at. And no, it's low. It's low. It is low. So then you have to think, how can and they mandate dangerous. something? It's dangerous, but how can they mandate something like that? That requires, if you want to, if you want to talk about keeping um, your um, antibodies up to up to scratch, you're talking an injection every month, probably three weeks. If you want to keep that your antibodies, that would destroy your That it would. Yeah, but that would destroy your immune system. It would. But if we're talking, if we're looking at the the science and the facts, facts is the efficacy drops dramatically, seventy percent, then it goes on yep. to becoming worse. So even at seventy percent, you're not safe. Well, you couldn't confidently go out at 70% and know without, look, oh, I'm definitely not going to get it. You couldn't say that at 70%. So how could you mandate something with those sort of uh, percentages? If it was 98%, you'd get it. To a certain extent, you'd understand it. But we're talking, it doesn't even hit 90% immediately following your injection, let alone ever. Then it just drops from then, 90, 70, 50, 40, 20, and so on, until um, it's no use whatsoever. So how can they continue to push that same narrative? We know that it has not worked. We know it hasn't worked. The hospitals are full of people that are fully vaccinated. So to think that it's about health, if it was about health, you would think that the government would be thinking, okay, this is clearly not working. Let's stop all the mandates. Let's end this now. Uh, we've got to pivot. We've got to find another way to deal with this or at least be transparent with the people. The government will not admit that the vaccines are a failure, and it's evident that they are, but they won't come out and say that openly. So, you know, all of those things alone should prove to the average person, you know, that something's not right. But for some reason, people just don't seem to want to either they ignore it or they just, I don't know. Mass formation psychosis okay. is what... Um, Dr. Malone mentioned, and um, he's got a very, very good point.
Yes. Um, this is not new. This has been going on for so long. Mm. And what's very interesting, for example, climate. I've worked out this was a, this was a crock in 2008 because I happened to be an educated at university in the, in the components of the natural atmosphere. And I happen to know that carbon dioxide is absolutely essential to life. I happen to know <coughs> that it's a trace atmospheric gas. There's bugger all of it. 0.04%. That's it. It can't do what it's done, what, what they say is, it's done. It's complete crap. But people so, more, so far around the world now starting to think that we have to limit our carbon dioxide. Complete bullshit. I, I can go into the details of it. We don't even affect the level of carbon dioxide in the atmosphere. The level of carbon dioxide in the atmosphere doesn't drive the temperature. It's the other way around. So people now believe it because of one thing, relentless media. So let me read you an article from the Courier Mail, right, about a man I admire. It's about George Christensen. The headline is, Scott Morrison slams Queensland MP George Christensen over dangerous vax messages. Right now, George Christensen is in the National Party, which is the Liberal Nationals government, same as Scott Morrison leads. Then it goes on to say, Prime Minister Scott Morrison has publicly admonished controversial Queensland Coalition MP George Christensen for spreading dangerous vaccine misinformation. And I'll read the article and I'll interrupt it when, when I have a point. Prime Minister Scott Morrison has publicly admonished controversial Queensland MP George Christensen for spreading dangerous vaccine misinformation. Doesn't say anywhere specifically how he admonished him. There is no data provided. There is no quote from the, member, from the, from the Prime Minister what he said. What we've just been told is that the Prime Minister admonished George Christensen for spreading dangerous vaccine misinformation. The message to the reader is George Christensen is spreading dangerous vaccine misinformation. But there is not a single fact that says that. Not one. And then it goes on. Mackay-based MP, Mr. Christensen, has been regularly criticised for spreading vaccine misinformation. Criticised? Doesn't say he has. Has been promoting an episode of his podcast which calls for parents to not to vaccinate their children against COVID-19. What they didn't say is that he didn't call for it. Malone called for it. And Malone's one of the co-inventors of the, vac of the mRNA vaccination technology. And he said, don't give it to your kids. So he's a doctor. And all George did was share that advice from Malone. Criticised. Where? On what? What basis? What specifics? Where's your data? None. But people are left with the clear message that George Christensen is dangerous and he's telling, kids, he's telling parents not to vaccinate the kids when he didn't. Now we'll go on. This despite overwhelming advice from experts and peer-reviewed research pointing to the importance of COVID-19 vaccination, including in children, to lower the risk of significant illness and death from the virus. Complete crap. But you notice the words they've used? Overwhelming evidence from experts and peer-reviewed research. No specific advice or evidence was provided in the article. The data shows that children have virtually no risk of death from COVID, yet there is a severe, needless risk of death from COVID injections. Where's the expert? That's an appeal to name. It, mm. There's no expert actually named. It just says, oh, it must be true, George is a hillbilly. Then it goes on. The coalition government has copped criticism, particularly from the federal opposition, for its soft touch when it comes to action against anti-vaxxers within its own ranks. Notice the term they bring in there, anti-vaxxers, mm. demonising, 
within its own ranks, it's creating a false label. Mr. Morrison, in a statement on Tuesday afternoon, said he, quote, strongly disagreed, end of quote, with Mr. Christensen's view on children's vaccinations. Where's the data? Where's the actual quote in context? The Prime Minister provides no specific data, just a baseless opinion. And then, it is contrary to the official professional medical advice provided to the government, and I urge parents to disregard his dangerous messages in relation to vaccines, he said. Again, they say, the experts say this, where's the evidence? There's no evidence being provided, and we know that the facts, you, have, you, you, you know the facts. The advice is not specified. There's no science to back up the Prime Minister's claim. Just, a, just an appeal to the word expert. Somebody tells us this is true. And then he goes on to say, vaccinations are our primary weapon against this virus. If you are not vaccinated against the virus, you're more likely to experience severe illness and die. Getting vaccinated saves lives. Where's the data on this? It's not been provided. And it certainly does not apply to children's lives. It puts kids at needless risk. Then they go on to um, the opposition has a shot at Morrison for, for Christensen. Um, and then Greg Hunt piles in. The Prime Minister's comments come, come after Federal Health Minister Greg Hunt said anti-vaxxers, like Mr Christensen, had lost the debate. No facts from Greg Hunt, just a label, anti-vaxxer, just a lost the debate. So he sets up the narrative that it's all over, it's finished, George is lost. But again, no specific scientific advice or data. And then Greg Hunt goes on. Frankly, the anti-vaxxers are just losing the debate. He reiterates that. They've lost the debate. He reiterates it again. He said, pointing to Australia's vaccination rate of 95% of the population aged 16 plus getting at least one dose of the jab. 95% of people, how many of them were coerced? How many of them took it reluctantly because they were going to lose the ability to feed their mm. kids? I mean... Do, do, you, do, you believe, do you believe those official numbers? Do you think those numbers coming through are genuine, that 95% of people have, have got the jab? I don't believe it, but um, who's to know? That's what I mean. It's, it's all It doesn't opinion. matter what I believe. I, I go off data. I go yeah. off data, and I haven't seen the data. There's a lack of it. And the problem is as well is that unless you look into – so, again, that, that report I was saying that I, was, um, that I read the other night from the – New South Wales COVID intelligence unit, critical information unit, sorry. Um, they had, they're making all these claims and they had at the bottom all the sources of information, which is a good thing, right? But the problem is the average person does not bother to go down and read them. They'll just read the message and that's it. They won't go down and look at the sources, actually read the study it came from. And I did that. And this study was one of the first ones that New South Wales Health used to justify um, I think it was the booster shot efficacy. Now, the bottom of that study, and I'm, I'm not kidding, I'm serious, it, it outlines clear as day. Uh, research, this study was funded by Pfizer Inc. Says it right there. Yeah. So they're talking about the Pfizer booster, and that study is funded by Pfizer. Then on top of that, a few of the doctors or people that were involved in it declared interest. And not only do they declare interest, it was... And hold stock. Is an employee, associate, and or hold stock of or with Pfizer Inc. So not only did Pfizer fund the study, the people involved in the study were either employees or they held stock in Pfizer. 
that's the that's that's the study that New South Wales Health deemed to be, you know, reliable and to be fact. The one they say they're the experts. That to, where is it? Show me. Let me read it because if I read it, you'll find things like that. And that's that's, well, what, that's like what, uh, that's like asking Ronald McDonald, what he, what's his opinion on a Big Mac? Right. Yeah. yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah, you you've nailed it. You've absolutely nailed it because what they do is they said they say Scott Morrison, the prime minister, says the experts overwhelmingly say this. So when Chris goes and reads the experts say, where? Hang on, they've got conflicts of interest. The the T the TGA basically gives it's a provisional approval, not approved, provisional approval, based upon a literature review. You've just seen some of the literature they use. Um, these health authorities use, and and they're written by people who get grants to do this, mm. and they only get the grants if it's satisfactory. So the committees within the TGA who assess various different types of drugs and, and treatments, they're made up of people who get grant money from the pharmaceutical companies, mm whose tenure depends upon saying the right thing. And then in America, Fauci, who's, who's the kingpin over there, mm. he and some of his bureaucratic mates get royalties from the companies that they're approving the drugs from. Yeah. What could go wrong, Chris? Yeah, but it's a, it's a horrible situation for us. Great situation for them, but a disaster for everyone else. And this is people need to understand that's the way the world works. That's it. Now, back Thank to your you. point about the fact that this is provisionally approved. How can you mandate a drug that's provisionally approved? How can you force something on somebody that's provisionally approved? There's a reason why people go on their learner's license, provisional P1, <laughs> provisional P2, then your full driver's license. You have restrictions imposed on you when you're in that provisional status. That applies for apprentices and trainees and any sort of any provisional uh, sort of. Thing. It's the same. So there's a reason why they when they give people their their red pee plates here and you, they don't say, hey, "Listen, do what you want." There's restrictions on what time you can have people in the car to, um, how fast you can go, a zero alcohol limit. All these things are in place because to protect, in this case, the person or any other people on the road with them. So they understand the fact that they're provisional, they're not experienced, they haven't got the experience on the road, so they implement measures. We're, what we're dealing with is uh, a vaccine that is provisionally approved, but they're forcing people to take it. Based on a literature review, not testing in this country, no testing in this country. How is there no grounds for anyone to stand up and get this abolished? I don't understand that. It's so black and white that any person with a moral compass can see that this should not be happening. You should not, you should mandate any Co vaccine, correct. but especially a provisional one. Correct. And, and, but it comes back again, Chris, to the fact that the voters have been asleep for 70 years. They keep voting for Tweedledum and Tweedledummer, Labour and Liberal. And so the Labour Party and the Liberal Party know this. They pretend to have a fight. They actually love their egos and getting stuck into becoming prime minister. But at the bottom line, they don't care. They just push the same policies. Now, 
So you've, we've, we've, covered, we've covered that fact. We've covered the fact that the voters put up with this shit. That's, so they keep getting it back. Labor and Liberal know what's going on. Mm. Um, we've covered the fact that the media spouts lies and makes clear misrepresentations that injure people who are just getting a doctor's opinion. But they need to be held accountable, so, these media companies, a lot more than what they are. Of course they are. do. And, 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 and more so, if I was George Christensen, that article about him in particular um, borders, it doesn't even border, it is defamation. They've called him a liar. No, if you, if you look at it, if you look at it, they, they've written it very cleverly. No, it, it, it wouldn't, wouldn't stand up. Plus, there's a bit of a softer, softer uh, harder target with politicians because they've got to take some, some crap dished up, yeah, at, okay. up at us. But it, it's so, terrible so, for George's uh, reputation. I, I talk to George frequently and he's a good man. He's got, he's got a very good heart and he cares about He's a very good people. man. And to label he him does. like that. And he does, and he's a new father. Yes. He's a new father. But, but here's, we've got to look at some solutions. You know, so the first solution is to hold the politicians accountable. That can only come from one place. Well, it can come from politicians like us, which we're doing. But as you say, people don't report us. I don't get on Sky News. I don't get in the, in the Career Mail. If they do, it's to slam me, misrepresent me. So that means the other form of political accountability comes from the voters. The voters have got to start putting the majors last. Start mm. waking up. The, the next thing is, We've got to have the media sorted out. That's not going to come from federal bureaucrats going to tell us what, to, what the media should do and shouldn't do. That's a form of censorship. That's already what's wrong with it. They're already censoring us. And, and mm. The federal government pays enormous of money to News Corp, to 2GB, to spread, um, spread the, the vaccine propaganda. They're already, you get a lift out in the... In the Weekend Australian, which must be worth tens of thousands of dollars, hundreds of thousands of dollars possibly. And that's spreading the vaccine propaganda. You get the same on Sky News. You get the same on 2GB. You get the same on Channel 9. You get the same on the ABC, which you're paying for. Mm. So we're also getting Gates funding uh, social media to, to shut us down. We're getting Google f uh, shutting us down because if because Google owns... Uh, sorry, Alphabet owns Google and YouTube. Hmm. You, uh, Google, sorry, Alphabet also owns 12% of Vaxitech, which makes AstraZeneca. Hmm. So right. if you mention Ivermectin on YouTube, you're gone. Yeah. Because you're hurting their Vaxitech revenue. So we know that social media is corrupted. So that leaves only the independent media. Now, the independent media is starting to really take off. People like you. People like Joe Rogan, mm. people like Jamie Anderson, people, and there's a, there's a new fellow in town now, Mike Ryan. He's been a journalist in America and Australia for about 30 years. He's worked mainly on radio, some TV. He's back in Australia and he's formed a company called Today's News Talk, TNT. Okay. You want to stick a stick a stick of dynamite up a backside of a politician and the media. That's what he wants to do. And it, it, the, the website is tntradio.live. Okay? okay. Now, they're, they're going to help you. I'm going to invite you on one day once, once I get established. But they're going to help you because they will create the independence of the media. So I don't see it as competition to you. I see it as reinforcing what you're doing. So tntradio.live, it's funded by an independent, wealthy person who is dedicated to Australia, 
His name is not getting out there at the moment. He's not hiding it, but he just doesn't want to be targeted. Yep. So what he wants to do and what Mike Ryan want to do is to punch the media, the legacy media, and the politicians fair in the, in the mouth. And what yep. they want to do is hold them accountable. They've got me as a presenter on weekends, every second weekend, um, but they've got presenters from around the world. They've set up in, in Gold Coast. They've got a proper studio in the Gold Coast, proper radio quality sound. Um, they go through the internet to... Uh, and, and, and phone switchboards. They've got a phenomenal set of gear in, in their studio in, in the Gold Coast. But they've got hosts in Belfast, um, London, Tel Aviv, um, New York, uh, Los Angeles. And what they're doing is they've got, during the week, they've got proper journalists, professional journalists. They've got life experience people. They've got people like Graham Hood. You know Graham Hoodie? Yeah, yeah. Yep, good man. Yeah, yeah. They've got him as a host. They've got credible people. They're broadcasting Monday to Friday. Some of them are paid, some are not paid, um, some are volunteering. And then on the weekend, they've got people like myself and others who take a, take a, a show for a couple of hours, and I interview a couple of guests. Um, and what they're doing, they've also got a syndicated um, news service. Every hour on the hour, they have six or, so, six or so minutes of news. Then at the half hour, they have an ad break. But they basically interview people like people like me. Interview someone for half an, for for an hour, and then we get on to someone else for the next hour. You got Irishmen, Scotsmen, Welshmen, Pommies. Uh, you got Israelis. You got um, you got uh, Canadians. You got Americans. You got former CIA uh, um, uh, members of the CIA. You got members of government. You got foreign um, foreign uh, reliable politicians from overseas. Uh, hosting shows we're getting the real politicians the real people to actually be part of the broadcast and what's happening now is you've got real news for the planet going to the planet so this is this is just starting to take off so it's tntradio.live you can listen to it in your car on your phone you can listen to it at home you can listen to it in the men's shed listen to it on a picnic same as talkback and at the moment chris we haven't got talkback because they're still betting down all the systems. There's a fair bit of fancy footwork going on, but eventually they'll be open to talk back. So people from the, in, in, you know, in the, in the houses in the mornings, will be able to call in Australia, people from the houses in, in Ireland, people in America. Um, it's going to be good. Very good. Very exciting because we need more of that. And I'll, I'll put the links to that uh, in the description of this podcast, but we need more of that, but there's this, there's a barrier that still needs to be broken. And that's with the average person that we need to get that mentality. It needs to shift away from that. The minute you say something that goes against what you're being told from the government and the media, the minute someone says something to yourself or me or whatever the case may be, they label anti-vaxxer, conspiracy theorists, misinformation. That's how you get, sorry, it's how you get labeled. So we've got to break through that. Um, not me in particular, I don't care. I talk to people and, and I say what I want and guests say what they want. Um, if people want to believe it, great. Um, and listen to it, terrific. Obviously, people do listen. Um, but, you know, uh, you know, uh, we can't sort of go up to everyone and tap them on the shoulder and say, listen, it's about time you woke up to yourself, right? So, but it is happening with time. It is happening, like, from now to where we were when we spoke on here the first time, there's been a huge shift huge mm. and, and that's a positive and i'm saying that and what i noticed was um the, the the more influence i got 
um, online, um, the more they tried to make it difficult for me to reach people. So I posted something on Instagram a week ago um, and it was, you're going to laugh when you hear it. So they flagged it, removed it. Um, they called it dangerous, harmful, dangerous misinformation. All it was, was this in, I don't know the exact date, but in December, just gone 2021, December, um, Pfizer invested a lot of money in medicinal cannabis, a lot. Um, and then there was an article, th this was posted on Forbes. Then a few weeks later, I think at the beginning of this month, there was another headline that said uh, medicinal cannabis shown to reduce COVID symptoms or something, right? And I seen that, I thought, oh, fucking how convenient. That'd be, you know. So I shared that, just the two headlines, one on the top, one at the bottom, uh, a month apart. I sort of laughed it off. I put like the little little thinking, you know, little thinking emoji thing. Um, and that got removed for harmful information. I'm like, I didn't even make that. That was posted on Forbes. All I did was share it. And because of that, I got flagged and they limited my account for 90 days. So I'm lucky I have my backup account that I'm using um, now, which has 20 something thousand followers. But my original one had 70,000. And my stories over 24 hours, I'd put a story up there, right? And at the end of that 24 hours, I'd have between probably 20 and 40, sometimes 50,000 views on that story. The exact same account, a day or two after getting that message from Instagram, that same story that would normally hit up to 50,000 people uh, within 24 hours didn't get past 2,500. Mm. So it shows you yeah, just what they can do you. to you. Yeah. Shadow bear me. Um, which <clears throat> it affects people's livelihood. Mm -hmm. um, and there's no accountability from them. I can, I can, um, what's the word? Well, I, that one, I, they didn't give me the option to, but normally you can, um, what's the word? Dispute it with them. But it's the algorithm that assesses that. It's an algorithm that removes mm -hmm. it, an algorithm that assesses your dispute, right? You don't get the opportunity to speak to someone. And that's where the big problem, that's a huge problem because I should be able to say, listen, you fucked up, not my mistake, your mistake please put it back on there, lift that shadow band and let me go back to business. Cause that's, that's what my, you know, that's where I'm earning my money at the moment online. So, but I, I haven't got the ability to do that. And there's just no accountability for them. If they want to start removing content, they're no longer a platform, right? They can't yes, be a platform. If they're this, moving it. You've got some pretty good figures. Um, that's real credit to you. You've done that in a very, very short time. That means you've got something there that people want. So that, that's a really good thing. And they, they see you, that's the first thing. The second thing is they see you as, as, as a threat, which is full credit to you. So that's, that's another tick in the box for Chris Spicer. Yeah. Um, but think about Joe Rogan. Think yeah. about Joe Rogan. What happened to him? Um, got COVID. He came that close to getting injected. Yeah, he, travel arrangements didn't 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 sort out at the time, and so he was he was scheduled to be injected, but mm. something happened to his travel, and and he didn't get there in time, and then something happened with one of his mates, and he said, "Hang on, what's going on?" Then he started questioning it, and then he got COVID, mm. and he found out that ivermectin is the go, mm. and next thing, he gets censored for. Um, for Robert Malone. No, sorry. No, he didn't get censored, but he had a fabulous interview with Robert Malone. Mm. And Malone got taken off Twitter. The day before he was and supposed to be on Joe Rogan. LinkedIn. 
Oh, sorry, sorry. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. That's right. It was the other order. But the point is that Malone's views on Rogan was something like three or four times what the number one rated show on the, on the, the network in America was at the same time. Three or yeah. four times what that was. And that was Tucker Carlson for that episode. And Tucker Carlson is on our side. He's on the, fr- on the side of freedom. Mm. He's on the side of open sharing of information. He's been belted around for, for, for sharing this information. So we've got number one and number two are on our side. So people yeah. are starting to wake up. And what happened not long after that? Joe Rogan signed a $100 million contract with Spotify. Let's well, see if they again, ban him. Because he signed that, that contract he signed with Spotify, he signed a while ago now. He signed a $100 million contract maybe two oh, okay. years ago. I don't know whether he's, he may have signed another one. I don't know. But well, that's going to be interesting because they're not going to be as willing to, to censor him as they are me. They've paid me nothing, but they're paying him $100 million, right? So yeah. but you should not censor people. Like I know that episode with um, Dr. McCullough from what I've heard. I know you shouldn't, but the point, the, the point is that, Chris, that the people who are paying for the advertisements know that if they want to get the eyeballs, they're going to have to go with the people that tell the truth, the Chris Spices, the Rogans, the Trucker Carlsons, they're not going to go with CNN. That that damn uh, ratings show that that ratings of the shows that night. Mm. CNN was didn't even have a million views. It had six hundred thousand views, and it was number ten. Yeah, and that's in CNN's America. CNN's a, a notorious place. propaganda effort. Yeah, I mean, you, you, if you're CNN, you give up after six hundred thousand. That's a rem- you, you give up with such a low number, you know. But that that's CNN, which used to be the darling of all this all all this mm. outfit. Now it's completely corrupted, but. The people are waking up. They are so waking keep up. keep going. And, and let me tell you, that episode with um, Dr. McCullough that he done on Joe Rogan, because he was first, then he had Malone on after uh, Dr. McCullough. Mm. That episode on Joe Rogan, um, within, I think it was the first week or maybe even a few days, had 50 million streams, downloads. 50 million. <laughs> 50 million. So that's incredible. That's absolutely incredible. Um, and that just shows you that people want to hear that. Because for a lot of those people who may just be casual listeners and may not have heard any other alternative other than what they're being told by the media, they would have been like, you know, something hit them in the face when they're hearing this doctor who's speaking out against what they believe in. And he's backing it up. And he seems to have no reason. Well, he has no reason to lie. He's not gaining. As I said, he's not gaining anything from no. it. So... Um, it was funny because I spoke to uh, Dr. McCullough on my show again for the second time. And the day after that, I was talking to him just funnily about um, Joe Rogan. He's like, oh, yeah, and by the way, um, tomorrow I'm going down to Texas to be on Joe Rogan. I don't think he realized at the time what a big deal that was. <laughs> I don't think he realized it. Um, and I was like, no. that's great. That's There's very great. little ego in Peter McCulloch. There's very little oh, ego in Peter McCullough. Very little ego. And, and, mate, you know what? It's How can someone look at him and think he's intentionally lo- – like, the guy is as genuine as you'll find. <laughs> I don't know. But oh, without a doubt. Crazy world. Anyway, Senator, I've got to um, take off, but it's been a pleasure talking to you as always, and you're welcome on any time. And hopefully I get to appear on your radio show, mate. Very exciting. Well, you've got a face for radio, mate, so uh, you won't appear, but you'll be heard. <laughs> but that's all I care about. I get anxious when the camera's... Yeah, we've got to get your voice out. So, um, mate, look, as I said, it's just... um, It's... uh, Mate, uh, whether... 
you want to get the vaccine or you don't want to get the vaccine, I don't give a fuck. I don't care. I can tell you, I'm not getting it. Yeah. I'm not getting it. But you know what? If you did, I don't care. I don't get angry. Yeah. I don't get mad. I don't try and talk you out of it because you're a grown, you're an adult. That's your business. Yep. Um, that's on you. But yeah, I, I'm open to debate. If someone is willing to, but they don't want to. I've offered many, I've offered a few people on the show with me. I even tried organizing one uh, with uh, Dr. McCulley, who's happy to do it with another doctor. Uh, no, wasn't interested, <laughs> right? I'm happy to do that. If a doctor comes on here and proves the other experts wrong that I've listened to, I'll take that on board. I'm not closed-minded to any of it. Yep. I'm standing up for freedom. That's it. The freedom to think, the freedom to speak, um, and just be yourself and 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 share your opinion. We, we all have the right to do that. And that's what I'm really, that's what I stand for. And people often misinterpret that. Um, people who don't know me and people who don't even bother to listen to me misinterpret that for I'm just anti-vaxxer and I hate the government. Not at all. <laughs> But you're one of my favorite people, and you're a politician, right? So people think that you're just against politicians. Yeah, no, I, 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 I've got to case. tell you this. I've got to tell you this. One of the proudest things I've ever had have said to me, I was at Gympie about to speak. No, it was after I spoke, and that's right. And someone came up to me and said, you know, I like you. You don't sound like a politician. I went, yeah. mate, that's the best thing anyone's ever said to me. Yeah, it is. And that's something that you do. And effort, like you don't even try. It's just who you are. You be yourself. It's yeah. not scripted. You know, um, you say it like it is. You answer questions without, you know, beating around the bush to avoid them. You just answer them. Even if you don't know, you say, I don't know, which is extremely powerful. Politicians don't know how to say <laughs> those words. I don't know. Right. So, um, and you're fighting for what this country is about, which is about living. Like exactly. tomorrow's Australia Day. Right now, how can you possibly celebrate that with the same, you know, pride that you would have three years ago? You can't possibly. It's unfortunate because it's the country a lot hasn't of determination. changed. It's a great country. I can celebrate it with a yeah. I can celebrate it with a lot of determination though, because I want it back. I want this country back. And, yeah. and just one 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 final thing that I, I know you, you're still in the wrap up, but I just neglected to say this earlier on. When they call us labels, conspiracy theorists, anti-vaxxers, climate deniers, and so on, I just respond with this. Well, thank you for just confirming my argument. Because you didn't come back with data or logic or a reasoned argument. You came back with a label. That means you haven't got any. Because if you had the data, the argument, the facts, you would have presented them and I would have walked away in defeat. But you haven't. And you mm. can't. And that's why when you label me, you are giving me the honor of knowing that I am correct and you are confirming me. They yeah, don't do it again. Right. I had a great, a great example of that this morning. I commented on, on Channel 9's Instagram post like I do because it, it gets a reaction out of people. I like it. Both sides. <laughs> so I just, I just say my piece on there. I've said the same thing a hundred times, but I just do it. And, um, you know, this person jumped on there because what I said was is that you don't get vaccinated to reduce symptoms. That's the most ridiculous thing I've ever heard in my life. You get vaccinated to prevent you catching a virus. Otherwise, it's just a treatment, right? It's not a vaccine. Yep. The vaccine is supposed to prevent you getting something. It eradicates um, disease and viruses. Um, so I said, if a vaccine is supposed to prevent you. If it doesn't do that, which it clearly doesn't, 
then it's just a treatment. It's a treatment option. It's like no different to Panadol and Ibuprofen and all the other drugs. It treats it. If what you're saying is it reduces symptoms, well, then it's treating the virus after you've caught it. It's not preventing you catching it. Therefore, um, how can you claim it's effective? And then this guy comments on there, and one of those no-name accounts, troll accounts, he goes, obviously, you know nothing about vaccines. Many vaccines were created just to reduce symptoms. And I said, okay, no problem. I said, name one other vaccine besides a flu shot, because a flu shot's an exception exception to that, um, that has been created with the intention of only reducing symptoms. Go. Two minutes later, he responds and goes, no, um, I don't need to do that. I've just told you. The fact that you don't know um, just shows how uneducated you are. Bye. That's what they commented back. Yep. And I said, and I commented back. <laughs> I said, I'll tell you what's just happened. I said, you've just made that comment without knowing yourself. Then you've jumped on Google. You found out that shit, this guy's right. And because you can't, you can't defend your point. You just gone. Yep. Uh, you're wrong. You're dumb. I'm smart. See you later. That's what they do. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So mate, it's an interesting world. Very interesting. interesting world. Senator, it's been a pleasure. Thank you very much. Same here. You're very welcome, Chris. Anytime.